I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cult Popsha podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Welcome, welcome, how's the tune? Welcome along to our show. Indiana Jones. It's film franchise fortnights on the Cold Pop podcast, everybody. Uh, My name is AJ and I'm joined by by Richard. Um, And I'm a little distracted, Richard, because I don't mean to brag, but my surname is Jones and it will be coming up. It will be said a lot on this episode. (laughs) And I'm looking forward to feeling uh, relevant for the first time on this podcast um and <laughs> this is of course our film franchise fortnight so this is where we re- watch and review a film franchise every fortnight we've been going for uh nearly six years doing this five and a half years yeah. um and i forgot to tell you this before we started recording i'm hoping this will be an entry point episode for a lot of people which is why i'm speaking like i don't know you that well um <laughs> <laughs> like like i politely you know we are acquaintances hey bro how are you going i once had a flatmate who would talk to his best friends like they didn't know each other that well it was bizarre they'd be mm. sitting on the couch they'd be like oh what do you think of this bro be like oh that's cool bro and it yeah. was just really bad i don't know you mean it's the 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 overdoing the bro is like yeah yeah because obviously bro is universal for i've forgotten your name <laughs> <laughs> yeah very good um yeah so that was weird but we're not talking about that instead today we're going to talk about a name saying that we all saying very good like draws attention to the fact that it was like a joke and not just like a fun observation uh, i apologize <laughs> because it was just like i didn't plan that no fair enough hey but- look very good <laughs> <laughs> um if you've never heard our show before we've done all sorts of franchises from toy story to the godfather to earbud uh, from and- godzilla to godfather <laughs> what that's pretty good why don't we do that how's yeah. how have we not realized that before there's got to be at least yeah. two or three other examples of that in mm. the um... with the amount of like tenuous connections we find between franchises <laughs> how did we not realize that the godfather was our second franchise with god in the title that's <laughs> true maybe it's not maybe there's others and we just haven't worked it out yet god's not dead from godfather to godzilla to god's not dead we haven't mm. done god's not dead yet yeah uh, what about crossed, uh the magnificent oh no that's seven <laughs> what were you gonna say the magnificent god oh right but I, yeah. it's the magnificent seven god bud wait no sorry yeah oh ear goddies 
here, goddesses. Um, <laughs> so today on the podcast, it's time once again for us to tackle one of the big boy franchises, perhaps one of the longest year boys ever in terms of franchise film franchise canon. Mm. Maybe one of, if not the most famous and recognisable film franchises in the world, Richard. We are, of course, going to be discussing the Indiana Jones series. Have you heard of them? Uh, they ring a bell, but I could just be thinking of the fact that your last name is Jones. <laughs> um, as it currently stands, the Indiana Jones series consists of four films. They're all currently directed by Steven Spielberg. This, that's not going to change, but there is a fifth one we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> Well, later, at least which... Spielberg gets cancelled and then, and then like, Lawrence Kasdan's like, actually, I directed yeah, yeah, them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're all also based on a story by George Lucas, and they all star Harrison Ford as the apostle Eponymous lead character? Is that what eponymous means? Uh, eponymous is synonymous with titular. There you go. I like to, I like eponymous better because it doesn't sound like I'm being rude when I You're say You're saying it. tit, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I fucking... What was the word? I, I, I had a new word that I was going to um, drop into um into the podcast and i'm gonna try and remember what it was and then drop it in and see if you notice okay i'll um, be on the but, lookout fuck what was it? it was such a good word too hopefully it wasn't eponymous because i've already run that one into the ground no nah, eponymous is, is child's play <laughs> so the first three films in the indiana jones series uh raiders of the lost ark temple of doom and the last crusade were all released in the 1980s with kingdom of the crystal skull which we all remember and is a movie that exists uh returned indie to the <laughs> big you. screen in 2008 after a 19 year absence as if you the listener don't know the series focuses on uh, an archaeologist and his many different death-defying adventures set against the backdrop of various wars and international conflicts of the 1930s and the 50s in the the fourth film um this is one of those franchises that is just packed to the brim with trivia behind the scenes stories giant leaps forward for filmmaking uh influential moments of cinema and of course also enticing rumors cancelled projects and other delicious podcasty morsels <laughs> um so much so that it would be impossible to cover everything in this episode so do forgive me if i omit your favorite fun fact about the series we are yeah, far from you. the only uh, outlet to have focused on these movies over the years so i'm sure you'll be able to find a cracked article or something which discusses the thing you like that i didn't mention about raiders of the lost ark or any of the other films um tom Selleck was originally cast as indy and uh harrison ford improvised shooting the swordsman instead of fighting him in that one scene in raiders because he had diarrhea <laughs> there you go i feel like those are the two big ones I mentioned yeah, nice. them. You can't say I didn't. You didn't mention that Indy, that Harrison You didn't Ford mention the diarrhea. The diarrhea is the heart of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, first yeah. up, we have Raiders of the Lost Ark in 1981, directed by Steven Spielberg. Do you know what this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, I would have to assume it's quite high. Mm, you'd have to assume that. Mm. Gun to your head. Gun to your head. What's the number, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> um... 94 it is 95 what gave you an inkling that it was so high is it because it's widely regarded widely as one considered of the best one of the greatest <laughs> movies of all time yeah that might be it um yeah what's it about what is what is um raiders of the lost ark some in some regions called indiana jones and the raiders of the lost ark we will get to that uh what is yeah, it about I, I i thought we were just going to breeze right past uh titles <laughs> 
Um, I'm still looking for this word. I tell you what, it's um, <laughs> so... I, it's, it's distracting me. I can tell you, I'm I'm scrolling through my um. Ah, oh, fuck yes, got it. Okay, and you <laughs> just belted out immediately. <laughs> yeah, I um. You gonna... like the surreptitious story of Indiana Jones? <laughs> okay, uh, right as the Lost Ark. So this is um yeah, archaeologist Indiana Jones played by Harrison Ford. Um, fun fact: he was actually going to be played by Tom Selleck. No kidding! No kidding! <laughs> <laughs> so there's this bit in it as well where he's going to have the sword fight. Mm. Um, um, but he had Just diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, I mean, the, the opening scene is, is, is iconic, right? Mm-hmm. That he steals this golden idol uh, at this t- from this temple. It's booby-trapped, and so he, he you know, tries to put something down that's the same weight and do a hot swap so um, that doesn't set off the booby traps, but it does set off the booby traps. Maybe one of the most parodied scenes in cinema. Up that there with the I, like straight up that yeah. that would actually yeah you're probably mm. right and yeah the, the runs away from the boulder but yeah the the so that's the that's just the opening it's like we we start with him mm. you know in the middle of of an adventure but then the the main adventure is he's up against the nazis mm. literal nazis not your uh you know your pussy little um nazis you got these days i'm talking like the real nazis <laughs> back in the day when nazis were when cool. nazis were cool yeah <laughs> uh when when nazis were men <laughs> yeah when they when they actually believed in something <laughs> this is a joke just to clarify for new listeners mm, all nazis are, are stupid yeah. <laughs> i actually firmly believe that <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing is about the ark of the covenant which is uh like a religious it's in the thing. Bible. It, Mo- Moses it, it, carried it, it, the Ten Commandments. Is it legit in the Bible? Yeah. 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 Uh, so we, what actually is the biblical significance of it? Sorry? Uh, the ten, mm. Moses and the Israelites carried the Ten Commandments in it, written mm. on stone tablets. Right, yeah. Uh, and then it's... it's This is the... Um, the 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 template the framework for adventure films it's mm. they go on a lot um uh, marion ravenwood is along for the ride part of the template of adventure films <laughs> <laughs> everyone yeah. every adventure film's got a marion ravenwood you turn on the librarian too and you'll get a marion ravenwood <laughs> yeah yeah and then uh they 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 find the ark of the covenant the mm. covenant the nazis open it and their faces melt M- melt and, off um, one of Again, the most recognisable, iconic, uh, mm. practical effects ever put to film. Hmm. It's crazy that it's taken us this long to get to such an iconic franchise, but they are nice little um, marks in the sand mm. as we aim to cover every single franchise ever made. You know, like yeah. to be like finally familiar ground. Um, yeah, I'm- well, I like because I, I like this one and um, the when we did what's uh, the Terminator franchise. That was mm. like a another like really big. Land. Have we done another any like that this year? Rocky, you could. Uh, oh, of course, yeah, Rocky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rocky would be the last, and then yeah, uh, the Godfather and mm. Terminator both last year. Pirates of the Caribbean last year as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I've got two interesting questions for you, Richard. Um, uh, is, the, is the question itself interesting, or are you hoping for an interesting answer? Well, I know one of them is an interesting answer. The first question is not that interesting, nor is the answer necessarily needing mm. to be interesting. The first question is, what did you think of the movie? The second question, though, is, had you seen it before? Right. That is an interesting question. <laughs> so I'll, I'm going to answer these in reverse. So 
and this will this will become more relevant as we get on but i had assumed i'd seen <laughs> all of these movies yeah i um i've like okay i've definitely seen all of raiders but I've I'd not necessarily in the same sitting until this week. Right. So much of it is just because it permeates pop culture so mm. much. It's 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 so oft parodied. Mm. But it is yeah, like it was on TV all the time. My parents are big fans of the Indiana Jones franchise, and so it's like so I would have mine as evidenced by the fact that my mum gave that, us yeah, this we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I would watch the start of it and then get sent to bed you know yeah and right. or i would catch the end of it i remember being too freaked out to watch the bit where the um propeller you know right slices up the guy because i would shut my eyes and i <laughs> would i i know i've i know i've known for years this isn't what happens but i assumed it was shown in full detail <laughs> because i it, it would be coming towards him i would shut my eyes and then i would see the blood splatter on the thing mm. on the on the wing and i go god what must be in between when i shut my eyes <laughs> it must be horrible <laughs> and then yeah next time i was on tv i found out that was yeah, you don't see it. I love talking to you about these experiences you had as as quite a frightened child watching these things. Because I would say, in practical real life ways, you're a much braver person than I. But when I was <laughs> that age watching shit like that, I was like, what? And like the the um part where the Nazis have their faces melted off. I remember my mum. We first watched this on VHS tape. I remember, and we got up to that point, and we were so excited. And for some reason, clearly the tape had been rewound back and forth to watch that scene again and it just right. went to shit like it went all digital and we couldn't see uh, yeah. the faces melt when that happened <laughs> yeah yeah what, what would you what would you say makes me braver than you in real life i mean you can bully the landlord when we flattered together and and i was too scared <laughs> to <laughs> you can yeah. drive a car and do maths <laughs> <laughs> maths the bravest subject of them it all. is it is aj sees two numbers and just freaks out dude especially even... if those number those numbers are a six and a nine next i'm to staring each other. at 1981 on my screen right now and i am sweating bullets <laughs> <laughs> yeah so raiders yeah what sitting down and watching because because the, the 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 melting faces i I'm pretty sure I've only ever seen that as an adult, but I have distinct memories of watching other parts of the films as a kid. Like, I think I would have been too scared watching that bit, but I don't like, it's a, it's a gif, you know, like I, but I can't remember the first time I ever actually like saw that scene. And if I do, I don't think it was while watching the movie, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I've got more hilarious experiences uh, with uh, two and three and, not really for well, not really three, oh. but uh, <laughs> yeah. But what did I think of the film? I mean, it's 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 pretty dang hard to fault in any major way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, there's there'll be little stops and problematic corner here and there with any uh, macho franchise from this era. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's like yeah. There's a reason it's considered one of the greatest films of all time. It is maybe one of those films that if you were to watch it for the first time ever um, today, you would, you know, it would seem derivative. But it's like everything is derived from this. Mm. And uh, as far as George Lucas uh, Harrison Ford franchises go, this is the best one by a <laughs> fucking long shot. <laughs> 
yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's funny watching the Indiana Jones movies that are considered duds compared to the Star Wars movies that are considered duds, and it's mm. like there is a world of difference <laughs> between yeah. well, these two qualities. Like even if um to be to be completely fair to to the other one. Uh, which is Star Wars. Which you uh, dare not speak its name. <laughs> uh, yeah, like if we're going completely fair and we compare Indiana Jones to Star Wars, which are both, oh, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark to Star Wars A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, two two films which uh, later received retitling. So, oh, um, we're going to talk about that. Okay, well. I'm just, I'm, I'm wetting your okay. appetite. All right. My appetite is sopping wet. <laughs> it's the wrong wet. I know, I know. Um, it's- <laughs> it, turns out, it turns out wet, W-H-E-T, was the word of the day you were going to use. And you're like, oh, God, now he's used it. And the only way you can use it. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, like, yeah, compare the original ones, that they are probably on a pretty even footing if you compare, mm-hmm. like, these genre not even def- uh, genre creating mm-hmm. films, essentially. I mean, I know like adventure films have been around for like a long time, but they're, they're kind of the uh, tomb raiding sort Tom- of yeah, one. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that like this, every, every you know, like Uncharted, Tomb Raider are mm. all wouldn't exist without Indiana Jones. Yeah. And they're both not the best film in their franchise, I would say. Yeah, sure. But uh, just such solid frameworks for yeah what's to come yeah yeah um i thought that i maybe hadn't seen this movie in so long that i barely remembered it that's mm. for years people have been like oh you do a podcast about franchises have you done indiana jones they're really good and i'll be like i haven't i haven't rewatched them as an adult um but rewatching it i must have seen this way more recently than i thought because <laughs> everything was immediately familiar to me i must have seen this movie hundreds of times and just don't remember doing that because every scene was like yep now it's this scene yep now it's this scene um and yeah watching it now through the lens of the podcast and as an adult i think the film's pretty good i think it's mm. pretty good richard um though interestingly i thought it's pretty amateur in a lot of ways that i think mm. get, get overlooked quite a lot and that charming spielberg was still finding his feet kind of way that you know you love to see mm. young directors being scrappy right um the biggest thing uh that that kind of was like i was like hmm that's interesting that this film is so well regarded is that um famously uh a, a fun tidbit about this movie is that uh someone worked out that the plot would play out exactly the same if indy wasn't involved um he has no impact on the story and he doesn't save the day as much as he just survives it which is very interesting because uh so many screenwriters and stuff be like your character needs to have impact on the story your main character needs to be the reason the story happens or saves the day or gets the gets you know rescues someone and that he doesn't even really rescue somebody just gets kidnapped as well and then everyone (laughs) dies so you know like he doesn't stop the nazis from ultimately retrieving the ark and then when they open it um they just close their eyes um and him and Marion just closed their eyes and survived the angelic onslaught uh, because apparently he knew to do that despite being a skeptic the whole movie. And I think mm. there is a deleted scene where he reads not to look upon the contents of the Ark. Um, feels like you could have probably just left that in. Um, but 
fair enough, whatever. Who am I mm. to critique the greatest modern director of all time? Um, mm. Well, at least in, in this time period, he certainly was. Um, yeah, what do you think about that? Do you have any thoughts or opinions on Indy not impacting the plot? Indiana? Indiana Jones? It's a famous uh, Big uh, Big Bang Theory bit. Ah, really? Uh, which is kind of what brought it into the forefront. Uh, so, But yeah, I did see an article that was like, let's stop with this nonsense that uh but i did not read that article yeah i mean like it it is it's essentially just like the arc was going to kill them anyway so it's like Mm. they they would just die but Mm. they indy does because it's you know like it's your typical kind of adventure film it's it's um clues and stuff like that and it's like that there are things that are sped up because indy sold them first right yeah okay and he does tell marion to close her eyes so i guess that's him saving the but marion wouldn't be there if it wasn't for indy <laughs> that's true <laughs> well i mean no that's good then right that's him that is him impacting the plot so maybe yeah. there's more to it than than it would seem but i do i agree when you said that that raiders isn't the best in the trilogy and i think this is why uh, it's more reasons. than a trilogy aj get over sorry it. you're right um, and I think this is this is one of the reasons it, it gets a strike down in my book, I think, is because I would have liked to have seen him uh, have more agency in the final, in the climax mm. of the film. There's also, I thought, there's a lot more standing around and talking in this one than any of the others. Um, you messaged me while you're watching it and said, for an adventure film, there's not a lot of adventuring or something like that. Do you remember saying that to me? I I have no recollection whatsoever <laughs> of saying that to you. Like straight up, I do not remember that. I'm gonna I'm gonna look in our history. Out of all the movies, I think this one has has the most just sort of um, sitting down scenes. Um, and yeah. I think it, it's I think the second half is a lot better than the first half. This all feels very uh, pointless to be pointing right. out about. I uh, no no I I did. Um, Actually, yeah, I said, um, yeah, uh, for being the adventure film, I don't really feel a sense of adventure. Um, mm. And then I started talking about pirating No Time to Die. But um, <laughs> I, I did, yeah, it's like, I think it takes quite a while to go anywhere. And mm. the, like, even though, like, like do not get me wrong, the, the opening is iconic for a reason and it's this mm. this incredible incredible thing but it is yeah it, 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 like you it should feel globe trotting the whole movie and it yeah, kind of yeah. takes a while to feel that way yeah not even necessarily globe trot but you know you, you feel like you're going on an adventure mm. um because a lot of a lot of the what they do for the first half of the film is uh very localized mm. yeah i agreed uh, this is our second Alfred Molina film. He um, appears mm. in the opening scene. He's one of the um, the locals that uh, takes India into the temple and ends up betraying him and getting caught in a trap. Um, so this is our third that we've watched, a third Alfred Molina film after Spider-Man 2, where he plays Doc Ock, and Monsters University, where he plays Professor Knight. Um, this is also his first ever credited screen role um indiana mm. jones the rose of the lost ark and the second time on film franchise fortnights we've seen um him playing someone who is some kind of altercation with a spider-like creature <laughs> because <laughs> uh obviously spider-man is spider-man 2 and in this he gets covered in tarantulas which are not spiders so spider-like but not exactly spiders <laughs> <laughs> and that's your 
up top random useless statistic for this movie the mm. conception of Indiana Jones as a character is very fascinating um, and extremely well documented. What's what's interesting about Indiana Jones outside of a lot of other franchises, you could say this about Star Wars as well, is it's one of these rare tentpole pieces of pop culture that was created for film and created for mm. the medium of film. It is not adapted from something like, say, Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. Like, it is invented for film and as such... Um, there is all this trivia and all this behind the scenes, like open source material about how he's basically designed by a committee of Spielberg, Lucas and Kasdan to be the perfect movie character at a time when mm. those three minds in Hollywood were incredible, like on top of their game. Mm. Um, and so, um, yeah, I can. I'm going to quote from the IMDb trivia section here, which um, is not dumb IMDb trivia, but did sum up a lot of the stuff. So I thought I'll, I'll just read it here. Um, yeah. It says traditionally, when one of his films was about to open, George Lucas went on vacation to get away from all the hoopla. As Star Wars uh, was just about to open, Lucas went to Hawaii, where he was joined by Steven Spielberg. When the grosses for Lucas's film came in, and it was clear that it was going to be a hit, Lucas relaxed and was able to discuss other topics with his friend. It was at this point Spielberg confessed he had always wanted to direct a James Bond film, to which Lucas replied he had a much better idea. I agree. George Lucas um, an adventure movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark the conversation happened while the two were making a sandcastle after their trip they got together and developed a script with uh, Lawrence Kasdan uh, the character was originally called Indiana Smith um, this was a reference to a Steve McQueen character named Nevada Smith but upon Spielberg's insistence the surname was changed to the much better and classier I think of the common western surnames Jones um a lot less common and come on indiana jones has a has it sounds feels better in your mouth than, than deanna smith right mm. someone's been talking to marion ravenwood <laughs> um one of the most interesting things i discovered in looking at all of this was the idea of indy being an archaeologist was not always part of it um with lucas originally uh, this is hilarious envisioning the character as a playboy kung fu practitioner um, which is insane to me that the idea didn't spring from just having an understanding of what an archaeologist does yeah like you don't go archaeology that involves uh, d discovering lost Bones. temples you know like this yeah. that would make a good adventure movie you'd think that this would be to archaeology what like ghostbusters would be to busting ghosts, ghosts. <laughs> busting ghosts that like it's like it's dan or it's just like yeah ghosts are real and real interesting and write a movie around them yeah right um and this really i think speaks to the immeasurable impact that indiana jones has had not just on adventure movies and dashing heroes but even real world perceptions of archaeology i knew so many kids growing up my older brother included who wanted to be archaeologists because they thought that meant going on globetrotting adventures and escaping dangerous villains and saving the lives yeah. of beautiful woman but now we know archaeology is more about dusting i think <laughs> Mm. Just, just dusting <laughs> dusting which uh can mean the adding or removal of dust <laughs> that is true very nice <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and i think um this is this is also interesting to me i guess because 
um we've talked about the jaws effect another spielberg film um which you know jaws is the reason that Mm. society at large has this irrational or this overblown fear of sharks compared to how dangerous they actually are and i wonder if there's an indiana jones effect and i wonder how many people became archaeologists because they yeah i wonder where as well like marine biologist comes from like because mm. marine biologist is like when you when you're growing up, it's like do you want to be an astronaut, an archaeologist, like archaeologist or a marine biologist? Like mm. it, it feels like oh yeah, like out of every class, you maybe get uh, ten to fifteen of them are going to become marine biologists. <laughs> like it, it, I don't know a single marine biologist, no mm. one that I grew up with has grown to be or an astronaut to be mm. fair, mm. or a firefighter. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It says a lot about dreams. Every woman I went to high school with became a nurse. Yeah. (laughs) They all became nurses. (laughs) I'm not even trying to generalize. It's just like so many of them became nurses. I don't know why. It seems like a horrible, (laughs) thankless job, nursing. Mm, Um, We are going to talk more about the conception of Indiana Jones as a character and the sort of design by a committee technique. But to do so, Richard, I'm going to need you to keep your arms and legs in Inside the vehicle as we speed hurtling straight toward problematic corner Ooh, I bet this didn't age well let's get a laugh at someone else's expense I have to warn you this might get obscene this the problematic corner where ain't nothing PC theme song you said you wanted me to keep doing funny i do <laughs> i do i was um oh i did i did i forgot about that <laughs> so problematic corner this is where we some we try to respectfully discuss uh things that haven't aged too well as the as the theme song you just heard would suggest um and uh trigger warning for grooming i guess is that um one of the next two um it was nearly um uh what's his fucking name <laughs> it was nearly um Indiana Jones. It was nearly Tom Selleck and Harrison Ford had diarrhea. Next to that, everyone's favorite piece of trivia about this is that Marion's love affair um, with Indy, which, you know, they meet, they they discuss this affair they had 10 years earlier. Um, and this would have meant, if you figure out the ages of the characters, this would mean that Indiana Jones was 27 and Marion was 15 during the time of their love affair. And they didn't have to do it this way. Of course they didn't. They could, the actors weren't that, you know what I mean? Like the, mm. the, the I think um, uh, Marion, the actress who plays Ka- Karen Allen was a little bit older than Marion's age. Um, and maybe Indiana, uh, Harrison Ford is a little bit younger. I'm not sure, but um, they didn't have to do it this way, but they chose to. And according to IMDb, the script describes Marion as being 25 years old. Um, and George Lucas originally, get this, wanted her to be younger. <laughs> Then 15. Um, Steven Spielberg objected to her age at the script conference. Um, Lucas said uh, once she's 16 or 17, it's not as interesting anymore, but she was 15 (laughs) and he, Indiana, was 25 and they had an actual affair the last time they met. Lawrence Kasdan left her age out of the dialogue uh, with Marion telling Indiana that I've I've learned to hate you in the last 10 years. I was a child. Um, 
So yeah, Lucas wanted her to be younger, and the transcripts. Have you heard of these? The tra- the Indiana Jones, the Raiders of the Lost Ark transcripts. Have you heard about these before? No. So uh, there's a famous 1978 brainstorming meeting that Spielberg, Lucas, and Kasdan had, where you can basically read the character being conceived of, um, and this you can read this online. Um, here is an excerpt from that transcript from that that meeting that's 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 fucking cool what a thing to have yeah lawrence kasdan says i like it if they already had a relationship at one point because then you don't have to build it george lucas says i was thinking that this old guy could have been his mentor who's uh marion's father um he could have known um this on so, and there, now he's talking about Indy. Uh, Indy could have known this little girl since she was a kid had an affair with her when she was 11 what the fuck Kasdan says, and he was 42 for some reason. He's not 42 at the time. (laughs) Lucas says, he hasn't seen her in 12 years. Now she's 22. It's a real strange relationship. Spielberg said, (laughs) Spielberg being the only guy who comes across well in this whole thing, says, she has to be older than 22. (laughs) (laughs) Lucas says, he's 35. He knew her 10 years ago and when he was 25 and she was only 12. Um, and then he said it would be amusing to make her slightly young at the time. Spielberg says, uh, and promiscuous. She came on to him. Lucas says, 15 is, is right on the edge. I know it's an outrageous idea, but it is interesting. Once she's 16 or 17, it's not interesting anymore. But if she was 15 and he was 25 and they actually had an affair and that was the last time they met and she was madly in love with him and he, Spielberg says, she has pictures of him. So, uh, f- w- fucking weird to hear how people talked about age mm. discrepancy in, in, um, in imagine, the 1970s. Imagine having your own, in your own words, not me saying it right now, quoting him, but imagine having your, you coming up with and saying the phrase when she t- when she's 16 or 17, it's less interesting. Mm. Um, just document it forever. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, That's it, a, you don't want that. What an insane thing to say! <laughs> and I, un, I almost understand the idea of wanting to make it like an edgy, like tumultuous past they have. But this ain't it, <laughs> Chiefs. Mm. <laughs> and I, I think um, it's, it's yeah, it's 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 creepy and it's weird, and it makes me think that maybe like discourse around pedophilia and uh, you know grooming just weren't people didn't talk about that at the time and so like Mm. this was because like back then and the movie is set in the 30s meaning their relationship would have been in the 20s and that's you know not especially it's not good but it's not especially uncommon of that kind of relationship to have but it is very funny to know that there's this 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 uh fountain of creativity that's been recorded from a 1978 meeting across three days and at one point that you know they've created this cool character and then one of them's like and we should make him a pedophile (laughs) (laughs) Um, if anyone is interested in more of this transcript by the way there is a super cool sort of radio play style reading of it um on on of some of it i should say on the youtube channel now you see it uh called indiana jones and the lost transcript it is a genuinely interesting peek behind the curtain of how some pretty incredible filmmaking minds design a character and his trademarks Mm. um as well as some iconic moments that they discuss they they talk about the tomb and all the traps and they talk about the the pit of souls with the snakes 
you hear them reverse engineer realize that he should be scared of snakes because they get to the pit of souls first and they're like there has to be a danger down there that is unique to indiana jones so it you Mm. know it specifically applies to him and then they go well what if it's snakes nobody likes snakes and then we go okay well let's set up earlier in the film that he doesn't like snakes you know it's it's super interesting stuff um and yeah because it's because it's funny you watch these like there's you know there's a million fucking essays and video essays out there that are like explain why these things like but and it's it's cool to have the idea that you can hear them doing that same thought process Mm. but just like me just like i do when i'm brainstorming an idea yeah well it's like (laughs) so often there's a lot of these things that you like and especially you would think that with like with you know with pro storytellers like those three that you don't have to articulate or you don't have to like think it's just like yeah yeah, obviously like uh, you think it comes naturally but it's it's cool to hear them thinking Mm. out loud i guess yeah exactly um yeah uh we can head on down now to dumb IMDb trivia, if you like, which mm, is a very that. fun segment on our show where if you mine the depths, if you plumb the depths of IMDb trivia, you'll find that uh, a lot of it is user submitted. A lot of it's worded pretty poorly. A lot of it just isn't trivia. And so I've got some examples here from Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you can be the person who decides how dumb these pieces of trivia are. Here's the first one. The name of the sadistic Nazi interrogator is never mentioned in the film, although Marion calls him her Mark. But his but his name is Tot, T-O-H-T, pronounced like Todd, the German word for death. The role was offered to Klaus Kinski, who wrote the book Kinski Uncut. That's He wrote in the book Kinski Uncut that Steven Spielberg offered him a part in his movie, but he turned it down and, and said, as much as I'd like to do a movie with Spielberg, the script is moronically shitty as so many other flicks of this ilk. Kinski chose to appear in Venom 1981 because the salary was better. Michael Sherrod also auditioned for the role. Ronald Lacey, who had given up on acting to become an agent, was chosen because he reminded Steven Spielberg of Peter Law. Tot only speaks a total of 14 lines in English. The rest of his dialogue is in German. If he looks vaguely familiar, it is because of his role as Simolovsky, one of the three reluctant engineers in Firefox 1982, which was released one year after this film so yeah it's a piece of trivia that you might recognize an actor from a movie that came out a year later um during (laughs) the filming of the well of souls sequence a python died after being bitten by a cobra it's not necessarily that dumb just thought it's pretty fucking interesting it makes our second franchise where a snake has been killed in the process of it actually after (sighs) friday the 13th have i mentioned this to you recently what that that piece of trivia about Friday the Thirteenth? No, I just remember it. I think about that <laughs> once a day. I the, the, honestly, so the if you, if you listen to our Friday the Thirteenth episode, so what happened was there's a scene in Friday, the original Friday the Thirteenth, where like a snake crawls into the cabin and they they chop it up with a machete, mm. and it's like this was an actual snake that they killed on set, and they didn't tell the snake handler he was off camera, and it's like this guy, you know, that that it's 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 his snakes he, he he takes into movie sets and they do and they i, I believe it was like in the commentary or something like that that they're kind of like laughing over there like yeah we had to hold this guy back and it's just like this funny anecdote about the thing and it's like especially like Horrendous. like fuck it like like literally one of the most like heart-wrenching things i've ever read that's happened on a movie set like especially like as someone who has two cats now 
that yeah. like like the, the these snakes are the are this guy are like this guy's livelihood i mean they're just like you know you think they're just snakes but like this is like this guy it's his entire job mm. is to create a bond with these animals so that they trust him and he trusts them and he can lend them out to these film sets this snake it's like its entire life thought like this is my master and like this is my best friend and he would never do anything to put me in harm's way mm. and they just fucking hacked it to bits in front of you like and like any of you with pets out there imagine if you let your 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 cat or your dog or whatever be used on a film set and they sl- they chopped it up with the machete in front of you and didn't tell you they were going to do that it's like actually one of the most horrific things i've ever heard well there you go thank you for you're impassioned i agree i agree yeah, Speaking- but I've, I've been thinking about that so much <laughs> like like wow. literally pops in my head once a day and i get so sad <laughs> Um, speaking of snakes, another entry on IMDb says, many of the snakes in the Well of Souls are not snakes, but legless lizards. Look for the ear holes, which snakes lack. Uh, I'm, I tell you, I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to look for ear holes. I've never heard of a legless lizard, and that's why it's on dumb IMDb trivia, because I don't think legless lizards exist. I think a legless lizard is just a snake. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and lastly, Steven Spielberg originally wanted Danny DeVito to play Sala, who is played by John Reese davies in the film. And DeVito right. was set on the role but had to drop out due to conflicts with Taxi, 1978. DeVito right. later appeared as a as second banana to Michael Douglas in the Raiders tribute and derivative Romancing the Stone, 1984. Mm. Love a little bit of IMDb trivia sass in there. Sassing on the, the two directors who are bo- probably both friends with each other and blessed each other's mm. projects. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean spielberg um fucking produced back to the future it's robert robert yeah, yeah, yeah. did right um yep. this uh, is there anything else you want to discuss about raiders of the lost ark before we move on no i think i'm ready to move on there's a whole podcast worth of other things to talk about but uh in the interest of covering an entire franchise and what's our what's our record uh, four hours i think is was rocky over four hours so yeah. we don't want it to be another rocky there's, there's half twice. as many movies yeah exactly so. uh indiana jones and the temple of doom came out in 1984 also directed by steven spielberg do you know what this has on ron tomatoes uh like 72 i would guess it's 84 percent on ron tomatoes mm. and what is this movie about uh so this is um presumably a few years later right um, yeah well, well yeah yeah sure yeah you think that you think that <laughs> yeah indy is um well he, he's now got <laughs> two sidekicks um he's got willie scott um and a and a 12 year old sidekick called short round mm, a chinese boy little chinese boy yeah uh they end up they they crash land in india where this whole thing is yeah they get taken into this temple (laughs) and they get taken into like an indian village where they're like Mm. our our sacred stones have been stolen and this you know means death for the land and it's all about uh it deals a lot with like uh voodoo and cannibalism those kind of things and and human sacrifice uh yeah yeah they, they, they go into this temple and there's um this big scary cult that are ripping hearts out of people and and um attacking everyone and they managed to steal the stones kill the bad guys and escape uh what did you think of this movie and had you seen it before very interesting question so had i seen this film before again 
I would have assumed that <laughs> I had like I was like yeah I mean I knew I I could pretty safely tell you my experience with Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, and I thought I could with Temple of Doom, but watching Raiders of the Lost Ark, I was like. There was a few scenes that I was like, huh, that wasn't in there. Oh, it must be from Temple. Realizing they're actually, in fact, from Last Crusade. But mm. midway through, I was like, I, I haven't recognized anything so far. Right. And then the whole second half takes place in this in this Temple village thing. And realizing like, huh, I, I never knew what Temple of Doom was about. And I just didn't realize wow. i knew what the ark of the covenant was i knew what the holy grail was i knew what the spoiler alert aliens were in the fourth <laughs> one but it's like i never knew what the temple of doom looked like or what it was or anything like that and and i messaged you and i was like do i i this is not at all familiar and you're like, you're at all you know but once they get into um uh, whatever it's called, the Temple of Doom. <laughs> the, the Temple, yeah. Oh, the, you, you called it something else, I remember. But um, Kalema is the name of the god. Yeah, Kalema. Yeah, you're like once they get into there, you'll probably recognize it. And I was like, they've been here for twenty minutes, and I don't recognize it. Yeah, so it was interesting. Uh, it is uh, not as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's it's a classic and various sequel. The fact that again, it's like like the while I, while I said. Raiders didn't make didn't feel enough like an adventure for me. By the end of it, it feels like it's paid off. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, I would say, doesn't. Well, it's almost it almost suffers from the opposite problem where it's not formatted it front the loads same. Its adventure, right? And it's it's not formatted the same as the other three movies in the series mm. because it's not like, hey, Indy, we're hiring you or sending you on this expedition. It's almost like they just kind of fall into the story it, it i almost it, 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 it doesn't take place in real time but it almost feels like it takes place in real time it, it's mm. certainly a shorter time period of maybe a day and a half whereas the other ones seemingly take place over a few days or a week um or whatever um but yeah i agree that it's it's lacking in as many iconic moments but i do think that in a similar respect to how i feel about um ghostbusters 2 being a pretty good sequel i think temple Mm. of doom gets a lot of flack for maybe being inferior to raiders but it's still pretty good and not a lot of universally agreed upon quote-unquote bad sequels rock 84 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, you know that's a yeah. that's the kind of score that the first movie in a franchise usually <laughs> gets. You know, um, I I remember this one pretty well. My main memory of it is we tried to tape it on when it was on TV in the early two thousands, and um, my brother worked out that if you pause the recording during the ad break, it cuts out the ads for you. Um, but he, he then forgot to unpause it for about. 15 minutes of the final part of the movie and i remember him cr- i remember him crying and he'll be listening to this episode well, your, da- your dad cried about it no my brother sorry um i i always like that this one is quite bleak and scary i like the idea of a franchise having a black sheep and while maybe it's the least influential of the og indiana mo- indiana jones movies i think it's got some pretty cool moments um 
but Richard, one of the most mind-blowing pieces of movie trivia, movie trivia that I ever learned, and this is my Tom Selleck, this is my diarrhea. Um, I remember learning. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember where I was when I learned that Temple of Doom was actually a prequel to Raiders. Of the Lost the world? That's right. Um, and this is mind-blowing because depending on how you look at it, and it is, it is either entirely arbitrary, um, and doesn't affect the movie at all. Uh, the only the, so the only indication we get that it is a prequel is that it says 1935 at the start, while Raiders is set in 1936. So it's either un you know for no reason, or it actually takes away from the text um, and makes it a worse movie with an inconsistent timeline, um, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, do you know why it was made to be a prequel? Do you know the the reasoning for this decision? Uh, I believe it's they didn't want it to just be. Uh harrison ford v nazis franchise correct uh which i think is interesting because if it could still be set after raiders and i wouldn't be there being like where are the nazis because they said it in 1935 um, there were still nazis during that time they yeah. just said like 1930 like then you can be like yeah it's a it's a prequel um i read a pretty interesting um article uh, on Up Rocks by Mike Ryan, which defends Temple as a prequel, pointing out how Indiana Jones is far more of a dick in this film, um, putting an innocent woman and a child in harm's way in, in order to seek out fortune and glory, which is sort of the theme of the film. Uh, they they bring up the you know the buzzwords fortune and glory quite a lot, um, and that it creates a contrast to the slightly more wholesome character he would become in later movies. Um, and that's all well and good, but I think the bigger problem is that. Um, Indiana Jones is famously a skeptic in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm. He doesn't believe in magic. He's like, no, it's all religious mumbo jumbo. It's hokum pokum. Is that a term? Do people call it that? Um, <laughs> he doesn't believe in magic, even though a year earlier he witnessed a man's heart pulled out of his chest by a dark underground lord and then was put under mind con- a mind control spell and had was attacked with like a voodoo doll wearing a little fedora <laughs> like he has. Um <laughs> And also there's a callback to when he shoots the sword fight in the first one, the diarrhea mm. moment, the, the diarrhea moment, um, yeah. where two guys show up and do a little sword play and he reaches for his gun and doesn't have it, which is clearly intended to be a callback. And it's like, this is, it's like, it's a secret prequel, a seeky preaky. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's like, they don't want you to know they're just doing it. So they have this excuse to fall back on, but you're just, you're not supposed to think about it and just supposed to see it as being the a next procedural. One. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, what do you think of the prequel stuff? We've talked we talk a lot about, you know, it's a we're a franchise podcast and prequels are an important prequels are the yeah. appendix of the appendix of the anatomy of a franchise and that they're there but we're not really sure what their purpose is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um it's funny because on the best prequel episode we did kind of throw out mm. Temple of Doom because uh, we, we you know a couple of years ago we now we did um best sequel and best prequel podcast but um yeah because it's like it hides the fact that it's a prequel and you know i, I probably spoke um quite confidently uh that i knew what the plot of temple of doom was um <laughs> uh and, and uh devastated to learn this week that i had no idea but um yeah i think it's like it's not gonna be the again yeah to, to repeat what we said two years ago it's not gonna be the best prequel because I mean, pre- prequels by and large are pretty bad, but it is um, like th- there's just so few examples that mm. um, there aren't many good ones. But the by being a good movie, but not nailing like there's nothing important about the fact that it's a prequel, and that I like yeah you have these callbacks that are like oh okay so 
is the first film a callback then? Like, um, and two, that it actually like ruins some of the first film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a strange thing. Yeah, I, I, I agree that they, they could have, because their plane crash lands in India. Yeah. Th- there's no reason that couldn't have happened in 1937. Yeah. And you don't have to be like, why aren't there Nazis in the Temple of Doom? <laughs> Um, if we can return uh, just quickly to Problematic Corner, surprisingly the last time we'll return for this episode, at least by my count, and I don't know if we need to do the theme song again, but if we do, here it is. If not, I'm still talking. This movie's pretty racist. <laughs> uh, it is a pretty pretty harmful depictions of Indian characters, beliefs, and cuisine, um, so much so that the Indian government wouldn't let them film in India, and they had to move to Sri Lanka to, to film the the movie um Sri Lankan's yeah. famously okay with racism well we, I guess I guess so yeah I was, I was gonna defend them but maybe that's what it means yeah, um, no, yeah cancelled there's there's a scene where they eat Indian cuisine um after being that's taken right. in by like this palace and it's like baby snakes bursting out of a big snake and chilled monkey brains for dessert um pretty iconic stuff and according to I didn't write the name down, but some guy... Iconic like, as part of the film or iconic as cuisine for India? Iconic as part of the film, not cuisine right, for okay, India. Yeah. Um, according to one of like the people who worked on the film, it's supposed to be that the people at the palace are like trying to psych Indiana Jones out by feeding him this like ridiculous mm. food that they don't actually eat. I don't know if that's true. Regardless, that joke does not play in this story at all. Um, and yeah. then, of course, uh, we come to so yeah. I mean that that's that's offensive, but also the uh, you know its entire lore is set around like Indian mythology and Kale Ma and all these rituals and stuff, which are very you know othering, I guess, and yeah. make it look pretty pretty rotten, pretty evil. Um, and then, of course, there is Short Round, the twelve-year-old uh, Chinese boy, actually played by a Vietnamese kid, I believe, um, uh, who. Uh, you know, this is a difficult thing to talk about, and far be it from me to sound like I'm an authority on it, but he has quite a like broken English thick accent that uh, I'm sure plenty of Asian kids growing up in the 80s and 90s had okay Dr. Jones barked at them in a mm. in a racist impersonation. Do the voice. No, I'm not doing the voice. <laughs> and what are your thoughts on Short Round? Do you have any, or, or even um, Willie, the, the woman named Willie? Oh. <laughs> I um so short round just quickly like it, it, yeah it, it is um this thing and it's it sucks that you know Asian American or um, children growing up would have had you know mm. th- this is the best representation they got mm. um for a long time and uh, he is a fun little sidekick it does the fact that this is a prequel does sort of raise the issue of like where is he a year later <laughs> but uh my god i thought willie was a horrible uh mm. sidekick it, uh, borderline ruined the film played by kim capshaw who i want to say married kate capshaw i want to say married spielberg or was married to spielberg i feel like uh, all, yep. I've, I've heard yep. that before yep. is that true Yes, um, that is correct. And like the film opens with her doing a pretty, a pretty fun like musical scene, and um, that's about as fun as she gets as a character. Otherwise, she's just sort of pretty obnoxiously in the way for a lot of the time. Mm. They appear to still be married, as well, actually. Ah, there you go. I wonder how she feels about being the worst part of what, for a long time, was thought to be the worst Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> yeah. 
they've been married for uh, 30 years. Huh, good on him. Year. Good on you, Spielberg. Yeah, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, you know, they celebrated their 30-year anniversary last month. Yeah. Nice. This is one of two films to have had influenced the MPAA to create the PG-13 rating classification because it wasn't mm. it wasn't quite bad enough to be NC-17, but it wasn't quite safe enough to be rated all ages. Um, the other film... Well, or, or, be not, or did R not exist at this point? Maybe, I don't know, actually. You're probably right. Um, we've discussed what the other film to influence the PG-13 rating classification is. We've even discussed that it was responsible for the classification. Do you remember which film this is? Gremlins? It is Gremlins, yeah. So we've now completed the duology of um, the reasons the PG-13 rating system Mm. was invented. And for those playing uh, Down Under, uh, M rating is what we call it here. Yeah, which is... More or less the equivalent, yeah. Yeah, which is funny, isn't it? Because anyone can see an M movie, you know? Uh, I think PG thirteen, like I mean, it, it's the same. It's the same thing. Um, like movies PG-13, that are PG thirteen get rated M here. Yeah, uh, but I I think parental uh, PG thirteen is parental guidance is recommended right. for children under thirteen. Um, whereas we have M here. We have R thirteen as well here. It's yeah, we very, do. Which is very, very, very rare. Yeah, mm. uh, V for I believe is R thirteen. Hot fuzz. Yeah, hot fuzz. Yeah. Um, I once uh, got denied buying Spider-Man on PS2, which was M-rated, and they said I wasn't old enough. And I was like, not only am I 14 or whatever I needed mm. to, like, um, it, there's no, it's not restricted. Mm. A, a two-year-old could come in and buy this, mm. and she wouldn't let me buy it. And then I went back home, and my sister was having a party when she was, she would have been you know, 16, 17, and... <laughs> and she had like all these boys over and they like so you know little old me 13 14 however old i was uh walked over with like all these like boys who had like just gone through their growth <laughs> spurts during puberty and was and they're like let them buy the game and they like bought it for me um so it's kind of funny i remember being at the end of year eight so we were all 13 in, in the class yeah. and the teacher just wanted to chuck on a movie for you know to entertain everyone mm. um at one of the last days of school and she she decided that because no parent was present she couldn't and could good good conscience put on an m-rated movie because yeah. it says parental guidance is recommended but she could put on an r13 movie because, because you could just do that, that. Yeah. and she put on the royal tenenbaums in which nudity happens in the first five minutes of the film um Fuck yeah. so that was very fun when coming up with the idea for Temple of Doom, though, a few other concepts were considered, including a Lost World pastiche, which would have seen Indy explore a valley of dinosaurs, um, you know, which we, of course, would eventually see with Spielberg and Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park, The Lost World. Um, mm. And another idea... Sorry, that, AJ, that's not what it's called. It's called The Lost World Jurassic Park. Um, another idea that was chucked around for both this movie and I think the next movie um, is the incredibly uncharacteristic idea of Indy visiting a haunted Scottish castle. Like, Luke, George Lucas multiple times tried to make the haunted castle Indiana mm. Jones movie happen. And look, you want to... You wanna read for days look up cancelled indiana jones movies it's fascinating we're only going to go into a couple of them here but um 
yeah, there's some really interesting stuff. Um, I've got some more dumb IMDb trivia for Temple of Doom, but this was, I, I want to give a special thanks to Mike Noise and the Almighty Watcher from Discord because I was like, there is too much. Can someone find some dumb IMDb trivia for me? And so <laughs> they, they helped me put together this. Uh, so it's the Cole Popshire Discord, by the way, which you can find a link to in the uh, show notes. Um, Philip Stone previously appeared in The Shining. Club Obi-Wan refers to the Star Wars character. The club at the start of Temple of Doom is called Club Obi- Obi-Wan. Uh, played in the prequels by Ewan McGregor. McGregor also appeared in Doctor Sleep, the sequel to The Shining. So we've got a character from this appears in The Shining, and then a character who plays Obi-Wan <laughs> is in a sequel to The Shining. Uh, one of the biggest mysteries in the Indiana Jones franchise is how And also, the- sorry, sorry, the other thing about that is that this was added, what, in the last two years? right it would have been when dr sleep came out yeah yeah, true yeah yeah it's always funny when people have gone back to revisit these things and be like oh these and and then (laughs) then it's named (laughs) uh one of the biggest mysteries in the indiana jones franchise is how the first human sacrifice victim manages to survive after having his heart ripped out of his chest this is likely due to the magical nature of the stones (laughs) Thank you for explaining how magic works, IMDb Trivia. Um, As of 2019, this is the second shortest Indiana Jones movie. Uh, In my opinion, you don't need to denote when something's the second shortest out of four. (laughs) Um, And also, as of 2019... Why that? Why is that? It could be two thousand eight. It doesn't need to be twenty nineteen. Just when it was written. Well, I think it's like the, the, there's a, a fifth film on the horizon, and this person isn't committing to mm. um, right. going back and re-editing it. And mm. um, the only Indiana Jones movie to display its title on screen using the famous Indiana Jones typeface, and perhaps the only movie ever to show its title partially obscured by an object. In this case, Kate Capshaw in the foreground. What an insane presumption claim jesus christ (laughs) and i like how it says perhaps the only so then it's not even a fact (laughs) and what they're talking about is she dances in front of the title and it's like matted so it's behind her but it's like that that would have happened like fucking titles appear on the side of buildings and movies now and shit like yeah you know dynamic opening titles are very common now um and lastly steven spielberg's first sequel though technically a prequel as this film takes place in 1935 before indiana jones and the raiders of the lost ark 1981 taking place in 1936 indiana jones and the last crusade 1989 and 1938 and indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull 2008 and 1957 it's like you don't need to tell me the other movies this is also (laughs) a prequel too so yeah that is basically well, basically all I have to say about Temple of Doom, I do want to say, like, I don't think this one is the best one by any stretch, but I do quite like its place and where it's nestled and it being this dark, this dark prequel that, you know, almost feels like it's got, um, it's got PSP spinoff energy. <laughs> mm. Um, and mm. I, you know, there's some great scenes in it. There's, uh, Indy when he is in the, the club Obi-Wan at the start, like escapes gunfire by knocking a gong off its perch and running along behind it and there's also a very fun minecart chase scene out of the temple of mm. doom um, well, both of which the were great scene. cut yep. scenes from raiders of the lost ark the best thing this movie oh, has to offer is recycled oh, stuff <laughs> uh, like, like like cut from the script not cut from like the script correct yeah, yeah, yeah. but the uh yeah the one sort of scene where i was like i've seen these shots before is uh at the when they've escaped the temple and they're on like a rope bridge 
and Indy's in the middle of it and people are coming either side and he's like holding his machete up because he's gonna mm. um make everyone fall yeah um and that was like oh yeah i've seen this still of indy yeah the, exactly. like it's i've almost- seen a montage of films directed by spielberg and there's the shot of him running realizing there's people on there yeah. and, and holding machete i thought that as well but that seems to be the most enduring image from this movie and it's like why is it because he looks the hottest that he does in the whole series. A hundred percent. He looks so fucking hot. Harrison Ford, man. What a fucking, mm. oh my God, whole lot of man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And is it because he's wearing like the I, the platonic ideal of the Indiana Jones outfit, which we haven't actually talked about yet. It's a hat and a bullwhip, which he wears sometimes. That's yeah. <laughs> pretty much it. <laughs> he's the man with the hat. And he's back, Richard, for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Did he bring Crusade. anyone? We'll let you know. Uh, and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in 1989, also directed by Steven Spielberg. Do you know what this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, 89. 88. So four more than the, the dramatically um, shat upon uh, Temple of Doom. Yeah, so if you if you don't know what the fuck we're referring to here is that a fun little anecdote about this movie um, for Richard and I is that uh, years ago we uh, went to a, <laughs> a poster store. Well, it was like a, a pop cultural artifact store, which mostly sold like salvage posters yeah. from over the years. And we found in a- It was st- above a video store. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it's just one dude who like- Yeah, yeah collected all these yeah. and um he worked on the x-files as well which yeah, i remember yeah. being very excited about mm. um and we were looking through the posters and we found an, an australian exclusive poster for uh indiana jones and the last crusade um and it was sort of just this pretty you know this kind of boring promo shot of one of the worst movie posters I've ever seen. <laughs> of indiana jones harrison ford with with um sean connery plays his father in the film sitting next to him and exclusively for this poster the tagline read the man with the hat is back and this time he's brought his dad which became sort of a template <laughs> of, a, of a common joke for us which you may have heard us make on the podcast i'm not sure yeah, like this is actually like one of the enduring mm. personal jokes in our friendship. <laughs> it is it's so funny. Like let's break it down. Not only if you look at the poster you're like this like it is just the imposing for a photo. Mm. It's not it's not a still from the film. No. Um and so it's like not only graphically is it stupid but referring to him as just the man with the hat it's very is Australian. so funny it's very australian yeah. to be like yeah the man with the hat the, the bloke with the hat <laughs> and um and this time and and it's got like a dot 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 it's it's so funny man <laughs> and like just that's the most that's the most you could what the best that's the best way you can describe the movie like, yeah, this is how they're selling it to you. I'm about to ask you what this movie is about, and if you were Australian, you'd just say that, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> the man with the hat's back, and his zombie's boy's dead. <laughs> so what is this movie about? Can you tell me? Uh, so this is, we're back to Nazi time. Mm, thank um, God. 1930. <laughs> just like in real life. <laughs> yeah. Except these are these are good Nazis. Mm, um, thank you. Hitler's there. <laughs> Hitler's the the best Nazi of them all. I don't like this joke at all. I do not think this is the right climate to be making these jokes. Isn't it? Isn't it though? (laughs) Yeah, no, well, the thing is, how how garbage is it 
that we can't make fun of Nazis anymore. And and watching this movie, watching this movie <laughs> where there are like swastika ridden like parade like Nazi parades, and and like in the late eighties, it was kosher to recreate scenes of Nazism because to cast an extra yeah um, and wear a swastika as an extra yeah on your and, and it just be like we can make fun of it because it's it's this cultural touchstone which most people what you know a lot of people would have been alive by the time this movie came out who were like soldiers in world war Two, and like mm. it's it's so sad that you probably well it's, it's not not even like making fun of it it's just it's so far removed yeah and and we we, we yeah. can show these things on screen because look at our past look at this thing that's not happening anymore mm. Yeah. What? Well, so, like, yeah. I guess, like, what you're saying is that you can't say anything these days. No, I'm saying it's sad <laughs> that there are there is a resurgence of Nazis, which means it's dicey to reference them in anything. Look at Jojo Rabbit, a film which is very clearly anti-Nazi, and that still got people being like, "I don't know if this is okay," you know, mm, because. Yeah, real Nazis are back. Nazis yeah, anyway. are back, and this time they brought their dad. <laughs> 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 um, so, Indiana, we meet uh, Indiana's dad, Henry Jones Senior. Um, if he's uh, senior, then who's junior? Oh. That's right. The man with the hat's real name is Henry Jones Jr. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, so his his um, his dad, Henry Jones Sr., has gone missing, and so Indy goes to find him, and then they they team up. They they he finds him, and they team up to find the Holy Grail together mm. as the MacGuffin for this film. And yeah, it's it's a There's betrayal, classic adventure. Shed. There's a yeah, yeah. Yeah, what did I think of this film? Yes, and had I seen it before, and had you seen it before? <laughs> so this this one I've definitely watched the whole way through. Mm-hmm. I think this is um, this is to the others what um, Ace Ventura, when nature calls, is to Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and that it's the one that's slightly more appropriate for children. So I think mm. kids see it, like parents. Well, show and, and their it, kids it gets it. played on TV a lot more, yeah, I think, yeah, as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, but look. We at the Cold Holster Podcast have our issues with Sean Connery. Mm. We famously uh, derided his performance in the James Bond films. He's which the worst which Bond. He's most known. It's the worst Bond. Uh, he's a shitty human being in real life by a lot of accounts. Was a shitty human being. He's dead now. Mm. And the world is better off. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, we, we've, we've constantly, constantly dunked on him. And uh, called called into question his character and and, and mm. the ability of his acting, but my God, mm. this film is top five films we've watched for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, totally, absolutely. It's so fucking good, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And not only is it so good because of Sean Connery, <laughs> like it, it, he's it, like. It's not just like fun to have him in the film, mm. but he's also so good in it. It's mm. such a good performance. It's such a fun performance. The chemistry between Harrison Ford mm. and Sean Connery, like two actors who are kind of known for like not really giving a shit with a lot of their characters. Mm. Although Harrison Ford, I think that's a little misplaced. I would slightly We're gonna talk about repudiate that. those claims um, that he... But yeah, he does give a shit a lot more than he thinks he does, than, than, he, than he kind of appears to. But... Um, yeah, like uh, it's it's such a 
a perfect film and such a perfectly crafted film and it's it's great like pe- people people talk about like what's the best third film in a franchise I, all the time and everyone I was goes just say that. technically technically Logan counts because uh blah 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 and it's like no it's this <laughs> first of all Logan it, doesn't count and second of all it's it's Last Crusade man like this Last Crusade this is fuck, the definitive so prequel good. this is the best prequel I think probably yeah I I think so too it's like um yeah and and i think part of that probably is going for a wider appeal mm. um in a lot of way like it, it toned it tones down you know the violence yeah, and, yeah. and the sort of more more intense scenes um but the film doesn't lose anything because of that yeah and yeah just it, it's firing on all cylinders and it's it's really a they, they've 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 cracked the formula this is the ultimate this is such yeah. a clear um like like great application of the Indiana Jones formula that I'm like, why aren't they all this? This is arguably mm. the only one that is like this. And this feels like it sets the format for adventure movies going forward more so than Raiders, I think. Um, and yeah, no, I loved it. I think, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's the best threequel ever made, but more, it's more that it's, it's the best threequel that is, I think definitively better than the first film. Because you can think of something yeah. like Toy Story 3, which I think is really good as well, but it's maybe, you know, you could have an argument over whether or not it's better mm. than Toy Story 1 or not. I mean, I guess you could with Indiana Jones, but yeah, for I'm me... Sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure people would disagree but, with us. But yeah. for me specifically, I think, I think I would have a hard time picking between Toy Story 1 and 3. I think this is easily better than Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. I think it is more refined. I think it... it um, it has all the all the structure that's missing from Temple of Doom, um, and and the acting to sitting around talking ratio is way better than it was in Raiders. I think it's just a, the, a clear example of a director who knows more, what he's doing more in 1989 than he did in 1981. I think it's the fruits of his labor in that respect, of Spielberg's labor in that respect. Um, and I'll tell you what, I remembered so little about this movie before rewatching it. I remembered the, uh-huh. the ending and I remembered like flashes in my mind. And But it turns out like this is the one that I had the least that I remembered about. You know, like I mm. thought it was the first two, but it's actually this one. Yeah. I, I I think I'd forgotten this was also a Nazi one because I, right. I knew that the piece of trivia that they didn't want to just mm. be um, indie versus Nazis all the time. Yeah. So in my mind, I thought, oh, they must have worked that out. But then watching the first film, I was like, Where's the bit where he runs into Hitler? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then and then realized it's like oh, it's because it's in this film, which is a, a great scene. A what a funny scene, scene where he where he bumps yeah. into Hitler and gets him to sign the MacGuffin of the film, which is well, no, it's yeah, he doesn't get him to sign it. He's holding yeah. the key to finding the Holy Grail yeah. and can't let it fall into the wrong hands. And then the wrongest <laughs> pair of hands who has ever lived, yeah. um, like yeah. it, like grabs the book off him, and they have this little stare down. Mm. And then Hitler just opens it and signs Adolf Hitler mm. and then hands it back to him. And it's such a, because it's, it's the, the timing of it is so great. The look on his face is so great. And just, there's a lot going on. Like he's being shoved between yeah, like yeah. two or three other people and he's kind of looking there and you, you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, the, the, the signature is just such a perfect little moment. Yeah. Um, and among other moments as well, I love, you know, any scene where, where Indy and his dad are bickering, I think is just phenomenal. I think I agree that Sean Connery is um, considerably better in this than he is in James Bond. Yeah. I, 
like watching this filming because i've mentioned a couple of times the man who would be king um which is another sean connery performance um that i i saw in, in the last couple of years the man and who would really, be king is back this time <laughs> um and like really really fucking like that film mm. and not only that but really really liked sean connery's performance in it and i'm like fuck do i really like sean connery <laughs> and i just hate his james bond mm. because even in the rock like when we watched yeah, that true. for um for random acts of cinema go go check that out that yeah i was like there's a secret source to 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 sean connery in that film and it is i th- I think in the rock it is a little bit just that it's like yeah it, he's he is this larger than life personality and mm. it's like holy shit we got sean connery in the film even though you know i'm not necessarily as blown away by the fact that sean connery's in it that he does have that aura and the way that yeah. he's shot in the way that he's I, i'm i am keen to to go and watch because he won an oscar for um for a film and I'm, I'm actually now kind of keen to go check it out right. because I'm like, fuck, maybe I actually do really like Sean Connery. Mm. I just hate, I, I, do, I will never back down from hating his James Bond and all the films he plays James Bond in mm. because they're fucking garbage. Mm. Agreed. Um, and that's why he was cast in this film, by the way, because they thought it would be funny to have Indiana yeah. Jones's father literally be James Bond. Um, I, I, one scene I loved in this is the, uh, scene on top of the tank where they're fighting, like all the good guys are fighting all the bad guys mm. on top of the tank. There's the shot I remember from it where the tank that Indy's on is heading towards a cliff and he stands up and his iconic hat gets blown off his head. Um, and it's just, it's just a really, really fucking wonderfully choreographed scene in terms of like blocking and the camera work. Like he's, he's hanging off the side of the tank and being squeezed between the tank and a mountainside and that sort of thing. It's just a fucking great scene. And then they think he falls off and Sean Connery delivering more emotion in a single scene than he did in any mm. James Bond movie. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not joking that he, he's delivers is more emotional about his son thinking his son's dead than I've ever seen him be emotional about anything. Um, and then Indy like walks up behind them and like looks off the cliff with them. It's a great little sequence. Um, and there's a, there's a, another scene I think earlier in this film, which I, we both described independently of each other as being yeah. a perfect joke, which is like, <laughs> do you need that in an Indiana Jones film? Maybe not, but I, I was, I was, I, I'm so glad you messaged me describing this is a perfect joke because I thought the exact same thing. Like I was just so enraged. <laughs> Raptured by the the setup of it and the 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 yeah well it, it's narrative. the kind of joke and we will tell you what it is but <laughs> you just have to wait a little bit longer um but it's like the kind of joke where obviously you you it's like a belly laugh but you want to cheer yeah yeah <laughs> it's right. such a good like it, it's like you want yeah it's it's the same kind of like release of tension mm. that you want to i mean people that are more uh very familiar with this film will probably know what bit we're talking about but aj put us out of our misery so it's, what's the perfect joke in indiana jones he, the last he's Christmas on day? the he's on a blimp with his with a his zeppelin. dad a zeppelin um and the and uh his dad starts reading a newspaper and they've snuck on and they're wanted you know they're fugitives by the by the the Nazi government and um, Indiana looks over and sees that one of the um, like Nazi officers who's looking for them is on the Zeppelin with them and he's who knows what they look like knows what they look like and he's walking around and Indy gets up and follows a guy who's like checking people's tickets and when he comes back you know you see him disappear into another room comes back he's wearing this the the outfit of the ticket wearer the ticket checker um, the ticket officer the ticket officer and then um then what happens richard 
Take, take us um, home. And then the Nazi is about to, he pulls down the newspaper that Sean Connery is reading, has a brief moment of recognizing him, and then Indy comes up behind him, uh, fucking knocks his bloody lights out, um, <laughs> punches him in the head, and then just beats him up and throws him out of the Zeppelin. And then everyone obviously is looking <laughs> and... They're all, you know, so confused as to what's going on. And Indy looks at the room and says, no ticket. And at the delivery, and then everyone, of course, bursts into, like, trying to get their tickets. Trying to find their ticket, um, yeah. Which is a great little stinger for the joke as well. I'm just, I'm just so, I was so struck by this and how, like, it's just so, it's just set up so well. It's like a micro, you could watch that without knowing anything else about the movie and it makes sense. And it's just, it's such an yeah. effective moment, which feels true to the character. Um, Harrison Ford, you know, delivering one line feels like it's, one of the best performances of his career just saying those two words um yeah like did you say you, that you wanted to have a conversation about the general conversation of um harrison ford's acting ability later on because i, yeah. I would love to talk more about we can, we harrison ford on. as a um as an actor but if, if it's earmarked to um to talk later well let's let's do it then well but i thought we could do I, it I think, after the whole movie because i mean i think it's still yeah, a relevant yeah, yeah, yeah. conversation for Kingdom yeah. of the crystal Star. um yeah but I, I, it is such a uh, yeah, it's a perfect comic delivery. The timing and mm. just yeah, like you say, it just it just everything about it works so well. And it's 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 one of those moments that if you were to watch this in the cinema in nineteen eighty nine, I feel like you would immediately be like, "This is going down in history." Mm. This bit, yeah, yeah. And I only vaguely remembered it as well, so it was like I it was experiencing mm, it for the yeah. first time. Um, this is yeah, like so someone on our Discord said, oh, "I love Last Crusade," and then just said the words "no ticket," <laughs> and. And I was like, uh, I was—I had the vaguest memory of like no ticket being an Indiana Jones line, but I have—I mm. couldn't remember any context behind it. And then when it came in the movie, I was like, "Fucking goddamn! What an incredible <laughs> joke!" Um, this is our seventh Sean Connery movie, by the way, in case anyone was wondering from film franchise Four Nights um, after the six Bond movies. This is also our seventh John Reese Davies movie um, after Raiders, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, where he plays Gimli, uh, The Living Daylights, the James Bond, Timothy Dalton movie, and uh, he's in The Jungle Book too. Um, and it is also <laughs> our second Alison Doody film after A View to a Kill, uh, meaning that mm. The Last Crusade stars three Bond alumni none of whom would have interacted with each other or been part of the same generation. Because you've got Sean Connery, Bond, Sean Connery. You've got uh, Timothy Dalton, Bond, John Rhys-Davies, and you've got Roger Moore, Bond, um, Alison Doody. Duty. Duty. Um, in September 1984, Lucas completed an eight-page treatment for this film. So this is before the film came out when they were discussing you know, a, a third one because they always wanted it to be a trilogy. Um, it was, and the treatment was titled Indiana Jones and the Monkey King. Um, which he soon followed with an 11-page outline. The story saw Indiana Jones battling a ghost in Scotland uh, before finding <laughs> the Fountain of Youth in Africa. The screenplay was actually... Fountain of Youth feels right up the... Mm. Um, well, it's a, it's a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. It's um, on Stranger exactly. Tides. Um, the screenplay was actually fully completed by none other than Chris Columbus. Um, and, you know, the, the director, not the similar figure to Indiana Jones named Christopher <laughs> Columbus. Um, but it was ultimately, it was rejected by Spielberg for various reasons, including, get this, it was too offensive to African, like the African natives. Uh, nice. Which, is that him learning a lesson or is that Spielberg 
uh, prioritizing different ethnicities over each other. We may never know. <laughs> um, you can read the script online. It leaked onto the internet in 1997 with many believing it to be a screenplay for the upcoming fourth film. You can, like, if you are a fan of Indiana Jones, Richard, and I mean, I'm talking like bigger than the sort of casual fans that we are, mm. it is a there is a wealth of resource for there is so much indiana jones stuff beyond the movies and it must be such a rewarding fan base to be a part of mm. um you know maybe you get a dud movie after 19 years but that's maybe a good trade-off for being able to read multiple feature-length scripts of other movies <laughs> and all the other things that that came out and um, which we'll get to later um yeah what do you think about that idea do you think that sounds better than the last crusade Nothing's better than the last crusade. <laughs> um, do you like the ending where where you meet the knight who's guarding the the Holy Grail? Mm. And I, again, it's one of those things that's that that whole sequence is so iconic. I can't believe it's in the third one. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, like like to have a, a franchise of some of the most iconic moments in pop culture mm. history mm. be in the third film in a franchise just feels. Mm. Um, crazy. Yeah, I agree. Like, because because even you think about um like Star Wars, like the you know the kind of from the same era and mm-hmm. the same sort of like all three movies are held in the same high esteem the return of the jedi has has the fewest like iconic you think moments. ewoks are iconic <coughs> no <laughs> do you think um river phoenix looks like a young harrison ford so river phoenix um plays uh get this hmm. a 13 year old indiana jones at the start of this movie mm, yeah okay sure he's 13 <laughs> this very clearly 17 year old playing a 13 year old um he plays harrison he plays um indiana jones for a scene which sort of like goes into the origins you, you, of the you said that as if river phoenix like was always 17 when did, like when the idea die? that well it's it's just funny the idea that like yeah river phoenix playing a 13 no, year old it's like he, he was 13 at one point as well 13. he doesn't look 13 yeah that's what i'm saying but anyway he plays indiana jones at the start of this film and it's sort of like it has, it has a few like prequely moments but i think because it's a flashback i can forgive it where you find out yeah. how he got the scar on his chin that i didn't notice harrison ford had and it had, just has and yeah. <laughs> why he uses the whip and where he got the the hat from um mm. do you think he looks like young harrison ford do you think it's good casting yes. i think he looks identical and i think he looks 13 years old because when i first uh, the this one scene i do remember from the last time i would have watched this movie mm. and i remember at the time thinking like there is no way this guy grows up to be harrison ford and watching it this time i was like he he looks like a young Harrison Ford. Mm. Well, yeah, actually, fun fact: um, River Phoenix didn't grow up to be anyone. Oh God, dude! Okay, <laughs> we can say that about Sean Connery. I don't know if we can say that about about we can't make River Phoenix death jokes. I don't think. Maybe we can. I don't know anything. How, it's, I mean, it's been longer than Sean Connery. How old was he when he, when he passed away? He was twenty three. Mm. So. We've got some more dumb IMDb trivia. This is and Mike Noise from the Discord help me out with this again. Um, we've got three pieces of dumb IMDb trivia for the Last Crusade. At the end, when the temple is falling apart, Elsa, who's the um, the femme fatale of the film, uh, falls mm. to her death because she refused to let it go. 
there's a quote from the movie they say you've got to let it go because she's reaching for the the um the holy mm, grail i nearly called it the goblet of fire um a, a, <laughs> a few moments later when indy is in the same situation henry jones senior tells him to let it go elsa is the name of a major character in frozen 2013 where her and her iconic iconic song is let it go what a perfect piece I of trivia seen, i should have seen that coming yeah <laughs> um julian glover's character walter donovan is at first presumed to be a good guy but turns out to be the villain his character christatos in the james bond film for your eyes only so another james bond fourth a fourth james bond alumni um also performs this rarely seen character twist here is imdb trivia claiming that a character betraying the hero is a rarely seen character twist i'll say it's maybe the only kind of character twist some kind of like yeah. i'm not who you thought i was kind of you know like rarely mm. seen what are you talking about um and buckle up because this is a long one this is the final piece of dumb imdb trivia for last crusade if it's about what kind of gun is used it's not, i do not give it's a not, shit <laughs> i promise when indiana jones gets captured by the nazis after getting betrayed by dr elsa schneider she says to him don't look at me like that we both wanted the grail i would have done anything i would have done anything to get it you would have done the same to which indiana replies i'm sorry you think so this minor exchange actually forced shadows the climax of the movie when elsa tries to leave the temple with the grail in that scene elsa almost falls almost falls into a crevice she was she created when she crossed the seal of the temple but indiana catches her true to her earlier words elsa pulls her hand free to reach the grail below but instead of letting indiana lift her up before she can get it the glove on her other hand is pulled off and she ultimately falls to her death indiana is then placed in the same situation only he chooses to let it go and let his father save him donovan's says to Indy that they're only a few steps away from finding the Holy Grail, which prompts Indy to say, that's usually where the ground falls out from underneath your feet. Guess what happens when the Grail <laughs> is found towards the end? No question mark. Um, in, in the scene where Indy is teaching in his class, he tells his students, we don't follow maps to buried treasure and X never ever marks the spot and 90% of all archaeology is done in the library researching reading. Naturally, one of the locations they visit is a library where they don't do any research but instead break through a giant X in the floor and a major plot point is following the, a map that Dr. Jones Sr. made. First of all, that's multiple pieces of trivia that they've crammed into it mm, and they're also that's... just sort of saying foreshadowing like yeah, yeah. what how foreshadowing functions and also saying oh, guess yeah. what happens like i'm your friend <laughs> like i'm your friend imdb trivia <laughs> yeah um <laughs> we're not friends um another another like like perfect joke in um in this film is the when he and he's smashing the floor open with like a, a bollard thing mm. um and you would cut to the the other guy in the library stamping the books mm. and it's perfectly timed <laughs> with um his stamp with the smashing the floor um and so the guy just thinks something's wrong with his stamp yeah it is, it is very good as well I, one thing that i that always kind of bugged me about that scene that that uh, was was fixed this time watching it is that they're like oh you got to look for the, the for the x the the 10 because x marks the spot because they find like roman numerals for one mm. three five whatever and um he looks at the floor and he goes hmm hmm and then climbs up a staircase to look down and then goes there's the x and it's obviously done so that we can see it in shot we can get it in full frame if I was standing on a big X, I would not need to be <laughs> elevated to know that it was an X. However, there's a shot um, later on where you can see the floor um, and 
uh, like uh, you get, you know, like it's at ground level, but you can see the floor. Um, And it's really, it's a really, really faint X. And so I think it's like the grain of the sand in the, that's used to make the tile. Mm. It's about the light hitting it at a certain angle, which is why he climbs the staircase, not necessarily because he can't identify that it's an X drawn on the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, the, the, perfect film one thing that that bugged me in a similar almost that same scene is when they they descend into the the tomb below the library uh he they fall into like water and and but what looks like water and then indy's Mm. like this is petrol which first of all excuse me there's just a reservoir of of knee-deep petrol and then he mm. he wraps a, a cloth up in and and on a <laughs> stick and dips it and sets it on fire to use as a torch which you know you're also covered in petrol uh, in the, <laughs> and which is very dangerous and i was like i i was like it mustn't be i was like it must be like a thin layer of petrol above water or something and then they're walking through this this petrol and you can see the torches like dripping flame mm. into the the pool that they walk they're like you're gonna that's how you die <laughs> you yeah. get blown up they don't have to like swim through it and shit it's like why did they make this petrol and it makes the scene it gives the scene like i now know what that scene smells like and it would be unlivable to Unbearable, be there yeah <laughs> Although, like, like the uh, gasoline fumes are um, are flammable, not so much the liquid. Um, you, you well, can, they're probably you can, with those two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you can you can extinguish uh, a burning match in a bowl of petrol. Wow, what do I know then? Do you have anything mm. else you want to talk about with the Last Crusade? Nah, just what a good, just check it out. I haven't check seen that in a while. Check it out. It's a good movie. And that was the last one, Richard. They never made another Indiana Jones oh, movie. Oh, t- thanks for listening to the Fox Master Podcast. Great stuff. Uh, <laughs> sorry, they did make another one. Stop pretending it's the worst joke next to calling any sequel a variation of Too Fast, Too Furious. Mm. What, like what? What? A, what a curse that two of our least favorite jokes outside, like just of all time, <laughs> um, independently of each other, involve film franchises. <laughs> the joke, of course, being implying that this movie doesn't exist. I get it. You didn't Oft, like it. Often also said with the Matrix sequels or the live action Avatar mm. uh, adaptation. Yeah. So this came out 19 years later in 2008. It's called Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It was uh, once again directed by Steven Spielberg, who returned. What do you think this has on Ron Tomatoes? My inclination would be to say we're talking 30s or 40s. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. I do have an inkling that it's surprisingly high. The, it's a battle of the inklings. Mm. Inkliana uh, I'm uh, like talking 70, mid to low 70s. Mm. It has uh, 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. So to all you people who pretend it doesn't exist, if you were just looking at the data, by all accounts, this is a pretty good movie. (laughs) By all accounts, it does exist. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, not even, it's less than 10 points lower than Temple of Doom. Um yeah, I mean, it's a. I was quite surprised by that Rotten Tomatoes uh, critic score. Can you tell me what this movie's about? 
So this one's set in 1957, so it's it's 19 years later after the Last Crusade. Indy is thrust into a new adventure. Um, this time, uh, yeah, there's this this crystal skull, uh, which you know obviously skulls are usually made out of bone. So the fact that this one's made out of crystal is is quite unique. Um, it also has a big old fucking egghead. <laughs> um so he he meets a greaser named mutt williams played by 2008's hottest actor shia labeouf by recently disgraced shia labeouf (laughs) yeah Uh, like it's the most 2008 casting but yeah anyway the the whole thing it it ends up being aliens that's spoilers for dear jones the Mm. kingdom of the crystal skull it ends up being aliens which um is treated like a third act film ruining twist uh, but it's not. No, it's, it's, it's all throughout. Uh, it, it's very it's all throughout it. From it's everyone. very clearly aliens from scene one. Yeah, more or less. Which is, I think, better than making it a twist. I I agree. Uh, my one of my earliest, well, one of my only memories of when this came out, because God, it was hype when this came out. Do you remember that? Mm, when this, yeah, every, was Hundy like, P. Fucking- Hundy P. Bro, I remember downloading the trailer on Apple trailers. Yeah, um, and I remember going up to this girl I knew who'd seen it, and she, I, she, we were we were both so excited about it and i was like what'd you think and she was like it sucks there's aliens in it and i was just like oh okay you didn't need to tell me that like by that point i'd already heard rumors that it was yeah Um, i I remember hearing a rumor beforehand that yeah apparently it might have aliens in it and being like what yeah definitely the legacy of this film and when people talk about the reason it's bad i think it's maybe somewhat We'll talk about it, but it's maybe not only aliens is the reason it's not remembered. Very yeah, exactly. Um, but it is, yeah. Uh, it's funny because the the trailer has a shot of um, the, the 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 opening scene or the, one of the scenes near the start of the film where they're they're looking for the mm. the remains of an alien, and and you see clearly in the trailer the word Roswell, New Mexico, for for mm. a brief moment. Which you know, if, if that came out today. You, you would be like, oh my fucking god! The, the, the leaked out. set pics were real, yeah. Um, because of course there'd be leaks, yeah, leaked yeah. set pics that would reveal aliens. Um, because you can't fucking you can't make a movie in secret anymore these days, as evidenced by Indiana Jones Five, um, exactly, and um, and Spider Man Noah, and, and and also just like like set photos are not fair game for spoilers. Trailers are fair games for spoilers. Mm-hmm. You can post a, a screenshot from a from a trailer and be like, holy shit, I can't believe they're doing this. I shouldn't have to worry about scrolling past like a photo taken of someone's cell phone who took a photo of someone else's cell phone who uh their friend was on was a mile away from the set (laughs) and that confirms that that something's in the film or not in the film that's a little little, like i i I will look at them because i'm a curious person um, and then i will regret it it. and then i will regret it immediately afterwards but i like they shouldn't be they shouldn't be treated as if they're fair game um, which Endgame was a big thing. They're like, well, we know we're going back to the Battle of New York, so you watch any Endgame theory videos, and they're like, well, since we know that time travels in the film, it's like it was kept out of all the marketing. Mm. Um, mm. It's it's unfair to the to the creatives, um, and also to anyone who wants to be surprised by that. But uh, had I seen this film before, and what did I think of it? Good question. <laughs> uh, interesting question. So um, <laughs> I had seen this film before. I saw it opening day. Um, I went after school with some friends of mine and it's funny. This was one of those films that I I can say this with um, uh, 13 years of hindsight that 
I was probably pretending to be into it more than I was <laughs> because now knowing that I've never seen Temple of Doom um, and I probably hadn't seen Raiders all the way through <laughs> and I never would have watched um, Last Crusade like uh, on my own terms. Like I only ever would have seen it on TV. I never, we never got it out from the video store or anything mm. um, to, as, as far as I'm aware. But me and all my friends got super hype um, and I was, I was going – uh, you know, first first thing after school. There's only a few movies I remember doing that with. One of them was uh, Superman Returns as well. Yeah, rough go. But <laughs> but um, yeah, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was like yes, super hot. And then just watching the film and just one of those kind of slow realizations, like oh damn, this is bad. And I remember going home that night and uh, talking to my dad about it. And he's a big fan of Indiana Jones. He's he joined the Patreon to suggest Indiana Jones, and. Yeah, just just sort of breaking it to him that like it's not a good film. Mm. It's not a good film, and you know, you know, you know, his little heart being broken, being broken by it, and he still to this day has never watched it, and wow. has was just kind of like, all right, well, I guess I just won't watch that film. Now again. 13 years of hindsight, what do I think of this film? I like, I, I would have, you know, if you'd asked me before this week, I would have said, yeah, garbage film. Do not watch. Now I would probably say garbage film. Do not watch. <laughs> don't don't do you like it? it it's it's not as bad as I remember. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. I think re- realizing that the aliens quote unquote twist uh is not so much a, a twist or like a rug pull, it's it is. It's it's drip feeding it to you so that when you actually see a fucking alien at the end of the film, it's not like, well, this came out of nowhere unless you're just really, really unattended. Like, and maybe that's what happened. I was 15 and I saw the film and I didn't pick up on all the alien hints throughout. Um, but I think I was probably in denial because I'd heard a rumor that there was aliens in the film. And I was like, there's going to be some some way it's not aliens mm. and i know in our meeting of the elders we have some more kind of discussion about Correct. whether or not aliens fit into it um which we'll kind of get into there but apart from the alien stuff which and and and, and in the past on this podcast i've i've kind of been championing for franchises to not take themselves so seriously and to just do shit like yeah fuck it put aliens in the fourth one who cares um but so you know the aliens maybe aren't as much of a deal breaker as as they they would have been um, fifteen years ago. Um, or no, it's not it's not twenty twenty three, is it? Um, I was, <laughs> I'm looking at a list of Indiana Jones films. The first one comes out in twenty twenty three, and I'm like, yeah, fifteen years. Um, yeah, they are thirteen years ago. That um, th- there's just there, there is a lot of other not great stuff in the movie though. Mm. Uh, there's a famous like back to back sequences where <laughs> they're like. Um, Tarzan swinging on on vines and there's monkey yeah, yeah. and then they go and there's like and then there's ants that eat you which a is scary and b also just is like stupid. You didn't like uh, it because it, it was scary. <laughs> yeah, I didn't movie, like it because it was scary. scary. <laughs> yeah, it's too long and it's not very funny. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I I, I know uh, my dad will be listening to this and I would say it's it's been long enough now. Don't get your hopes up, but I I would I'd probably say check it out. Just just out of interest to fo- to finally mm. and um and if you and you know if anyone else has been avoiding the film you, you check check it out for yourself even if just to see what all the fuss is about yeah 
Um, cool. Well, I had a much better time with this than I thought I would, <laughs> and a much better time, I think, with it than I did uh, 13 years ago. Um, it has a lot of problems, but as you said, I don't think the alien issue is really the problem. When I was 15, I didn't really understand the significance of making a movie set in the 1950s, having UFO paranoia as a backdrop. Whereas now I understand and respect that decision. And if anything, it's in line. If you're making an Indiana Jones movie in the 50s, it probably should be about uh, Roswell, Area 51. Like, that's not that much of a stretch. I remember at the time people being like, it's just because George Lucas is obsessed with aliens. And it's like, well, Mm. maybe, but I'm not... I don't necessarily like the execution, but the idea on paper I don't think is too bad. Um, And what I now understand is really the film is is not that great because of... crappy cgi that feels like it's doesn't have a doesn't belong in indiana jones it's a it's a film ahead of its time in the sense that it shouldn't be ahead of its time they they shouldn't have made it when they did (laughs) yeah because they didn't have the technology (laughs) yeah yeah um and you mentioned like swinging on the vines with the monkeys and the ants and, and stuff like that, which is all really stupid. And there's also the famous nuke the fridge moment, which became a, a new sort of, um, you know, jumping the shark for film franchises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where of course he escapes a a nuclear test, a nuclear bomb test, an H bomb test by hiding in a lead lined fridge, which skyrockets him out of the uh, the blow up zone. Um, which he survives despite he would you know would have been thrown tossed around a 67 year old man would have been turned to mincemeat and also Mm. if you roll out of a fridge after escaping an atomic blast you're going to have radiation poisoning um and then he stands up and looks at the mushroom cloud in what is maybe one of the better shots of the franchise yeah it's beautiful (laughs) it's a really nice (laughs) shot we put it on on um on our instagram for this movie and it's um it really does make it look like it's maybe a better movie than than it really is um if anything, I would say the the thing that lets the alien stuff down, the thing that makes it not as good, is that they try to have their cake and eat it too by explaining that they're interdimensional beings at the end. They're like, no, no, no. Mm. They're like, are they from space? They're like, no, no, they're from the space within between spaces. They're, then they're called interdimensional beings. And I'm like, no, no, go hard or go home. They are. They mm. should be from space. I think you are just going to piss people off by trying to say no. They just look like aliens because I think yeah. you would actually piss off a lot, a lot less people if you said they are interdimensional pe- beings and then didn't make them look like aliens because then they're just monsters. Yeah, just make which, them beings of pure light. Which we can. Which you know that's what's inside the Ark of the Covenant. So mm. <laughs> why not? Um, which makes a cameo appearance in this movie, um, mm. which was fun. I think part of the problem with this movie is that the hiatus allowed, the the 19-year hiatus allowed for what everyone believed to be the recipe for an Indiana Jones film sink in, and Indiana Jones movies aren't about aliens, which is something that maybe we didn't know in 1989, but we know it by 2008. No, they're, they're not alien movies, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that if this had come out a couple of years after The Last Crusade, people would be a lot more accepting of it. I think it would it would get a lot more... Um, you know, and like you'd grow up just knowing that there's a fourth Indiana Jones movie about aliens and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, and hmm. if if you think I'm being generous, well, 
this idea has existed for fucking ever. George Lucas wanted to do a 1950s um, alien indie movie for years, right? So it's not too surprising that, that, that we eventually got one. Um, in well, it's fact, just because George Lucas was obsessed with Spark. <laughs> and... As, in fact, as, as early as 1993, Lucas was reportedly working on a screenplay called Indiana Jones and the Saucer Men from Mars, um, which is a line in the film. He mentions Saucer Men from Mars. And I know how ridiculous that sounds. I know it, that's such an insane title. But I honestly mm. think if I came of age... I respect the commitment. Uh, yeah, exactly. And if I came of age and I always knew there were four or however many indiana jones movies and one hundred and one of them was called saucer men from mars if you grow up with that it's not going to seem weird uh, i've used this mm. example before but it's like how there's just a character named winnie the pooh and like imagine if that was made now you'd be like why have you called him a poo and it's like <laughs> we just grew up with it so it was accepted as normal you know and i think that's what yeah, it was a different time <laughs> yeah like the innocent version of it was a different time and i think oh, yeah. I think that's how we'd feel about Saucer Men from Mars if that existed. Um, and for what it's worth, you can also find a script um, for this online. You can read the whole thing, um, as well as a script for Indiana Jones and the City of the Gods, uh, which was a, another early version of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Well, it, would be, it would become Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, mm. um, written by Frank Darabont. Um, mm. But I think, and maybe we'll, we'll talk more about this and continue the franchise, I think a really unique to this franchise problem that it has and i read this on the same article that talked about um temple of doom as a as a prequel i think i think a really interesting problem is i think there should have just been more of these movies already i don't think they should have taken a break i think they should have probably cranked out a few more in the 90s they everyone wanted to they just couldn't agree on an idea and this does feel like a franchise which is finally realizing how many more movies they can get out of it way too late when the actor mm. is in nearly 80 and and you know like i th i'm disappointed almost that last crusade was the last one we had for ages um and i don't know that yeah what do you think about that yeah i i was thinking about this as well that like especially as well because the first one is just called raiders of the lost ark mm. if that was just one film mm. Like, how would that be looked upon? Mm. Uh, would, it, would it be weird we never got a second mm. Raiders film? We never got Raiders 2? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just so fascinating to, to imagine a world without this being a franchise. Mm. Um, because, like, fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark was nominated for Best Picture. Like, Yeah, it, they were all nominated a bunch for, of Academy Awards. for various Academy Awards, except for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Um, one, I think, valid critique of the aliens, you know, I'm sort of sitting here defending them, but one valid critique of aliens being in this movie is the idea of... Um, like it's not the same like the defenders are like it's the same as there being an ark of the covenant or or a the stones and temple of doom or a holy grail it's the same thing it's just another mythology and i you you brought this up to me earlier this week and you said you think that's stupid do you want to explain why you disagree well okay that? so th this is a thing that um that i uh, repudiate those claims <laughs> um is that wait is that the word is that the word that is the word. I've I already used it once, but you talked over me. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to look up what repudiate meant, and then I was like, wait, why would I be looking up a word? Why do we need the word repudiate when refute, refuse means the same thing? It's a fucking good word, though. So, yeah, repudiate. Uh, I would repudiate those claims um, because, well, so to me, people are like, 
Yeah, like there's 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 already supernatural stuff, but it's, there's an there's an internal logic to the supernatural stuff we have, mm. which is like, which which is my issue. Like that that that's more or less it. Again, yeah, if we had aliens in the second one, I would be like chuck whatever in. But it's the 19 year gap, and then to come back with something that's so drastically breaks the rules mm. that have been set, and like. Uh, I, I don't want to come across like I'm a stickler for like, it, you know, tradition and, and keeping things the way they are and stuff like that. And it's, and, and again, it's, it's not a franchise I've ever been particularly attached to. And it's like, I, sh- I shouldn't have disliked Crystal Skull as much as I did because as we found out, yeah, I didn't, I hadn't even seen the second one that like, it, it, it just, it just breaks the, the world of the film that mm. you, you're, you're taught something for all these all these times and then to just go yeah this is on the same footing the 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 rule and you and i have talked about this off pod multiple times that you shouldn't have more than one magic in your film it's fine but people people say yeah there's there's supernatural elements in all three but it's all the same it's all based around religion temple of doom is a different religion to christianity yes it is and but that's the thing that it's like you've still kept an internal consistency Mm that uh legends uh figure they're like things heralded as religions are all right true and and so it's like and and temple of doom being the second film and you know and and, and bucking the trend but still keeping under the the wider arc of religion is yeah it's just this internal consistency to then and the 19 year gap is the other thing that really yeah if, if this came out in 93 I, I, it wouldn't be such an issue. If it, but it's, it's it's not, like, if, if it came out in 93 and then there was a fifth one in 97, you'd just be mm. like, yeah, it's weird. It, do you know the fourth one's about aliens? Anyway, time to watch yeah. the fourth, the fifth, sixth, seventh one, you know? like, yeah, yeah, And it'd yeah. just be one movie, but instead because it had so much gravitas behind it. So much and, writing on it. And, yeah. then, and then they didn't make another one until you know coming out in 2023 it's like it's we've had to sit with this instead of just quickly moving on which is kind of what the series should be these pulpy uh single serving adventures um which mm. another thing this movie does that i don't like is it brings back mary and uh ravenwood and i think i'm like nah let, give us it should be different characters each movie in my opinion. it should feel like a procedural yeah, yeah. um and the, the matt williams uh, that i mentioned as well is revealed to be indy's son mm. uh with with mary yeah um, yeah. And speaking of the supporting cast members, another problem I have it is there's, there's so many characters in this who feels who feel like um, maybe I'm going back in my words here. I don't know. Like um, there's there's Mac who betrays him three or four times. And it's terribly written, and they don't. Which is quite a rare. Um, character, right? <laughs> they don't know what to do with that character, and so they make mm. him a double agent. But then he wasn't actually a double agent. And there's like John Hurt's character. They both feel like who are these people? Sorry, like you're talking about them like they've been university buddies this whole time, you know, mm. like, and I don't know. I, I don't quite like that. Um, but, uh, Harrison Ford, um, he seems like such a good sport, doesn't he? I think that. Uh, yeah. I, I think Harrison Ford and I, I'd, I'd love to talk about him. Yeah. I, I, um, he, he, he strikes you as the kind of actor who's like, doesn't give a shit shows up does anything for a paycheck mm. but and it is really interesting that um i i i believe they've said or at some point in the development of a fifth film they've said we're not killing off indiana jones at the end of it i i i doubt that's true i would 
I think he's probably going to die in it. But it did seem like, because it was like, you know, um, the uh, sequel trilogy, Star Wars, was announced and uh, Blade Runner, then a uh, sequel was announced. And then, yeah, well, they've been talking about a fifth Indiana Jones for a while. And it sounded like Harrison Ford's just sick of talking about all his, all the, all his iconic characters. And it's mm. just like, just fucking kill me off. Because he famously wanted Han Solo to die in um, Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it seems like he, he just he just wants out. But then when, when Blade Runner came out, and spoilers for Blade Runner 2049, he doesn't die at the end of it. I, that actually said a lot, I think, about Harrison Ford because also you, you watch the interviews with him. He's fucking done talking about Han Solo. Mm. Indiana Jones is like, he's a lot more passionate about the character, but it is, you know, still a thing. You hear him talk about Blade Runner and he's actually like, that Very seems engaged. to be like- He's very engaged and and his most kind of um, it's like he's a fan pro- of probably one of his proudest roles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's one especially when there was so much studio interference and that there is finally this definitive version mm. out in the final cut that yeah, I think he, you know he's happy because he he like deliberately tanked the voiceover to make to try and make the studio mm-hmm. version terrible, but um. Oh, the other thing I think about Harrison Ford is that so it's like he does deeply care about these, but you watch interviews with him, and he he tries really hard to make it look like he doesn't. And I think any um, Harrison Ford has like the most like understated, sardonic, and just hilarious sense of humor in Hollywood. Yeah, I agree. Like Harrison Ford is one of the funniest fucking guys on the planet, but it's so he his he's so funny because he's so good at making you think he's not in on the joke he absolutely is watch any interview with harrison ford mm. and he he understands exactly why it is funny yeah and like there's a, a clip showed up on on my tiktok the other day that's like him and ryan gosling on the graham norton's couch promoting 2049 and they say oh you know what was it like reading the script and he's like oh, you know i read the script and um and i read the part played by um and then Ryan Gosling's like Ryan, and he's like Ryan, and then he's like, and I read it, and I thought we should get, and he like looks at him again, and he's like Ryan Gosling, and it's like he just keeps pretending to forget his name. It's like he just he just stumbled in his speech the first time, and yeah. Ryan Gosling like, and but then he's like you know sees and he plays into the character mm. of being this curmudgeonly old dude, and. Yeah, I, I and like there's the other famous clip as well is like um it's one of these magic shows where they they go and do magic for celebrities and he <laughs> he does this thing and it's like the cards revealed to be in an apple and Harrison Ford's fruit bowl or something like that and Harrison Ford's just like get the fuck out of my house <laughs> <laughs> and it's like th- this is he understands why that is so funny to you yeah and. I, I he, he, the other thing, the, the third thing I will say about Harrison Ford as a person and as an actor is he's like very old school respectful. Yeah, we're going to talk. About is that, that like he 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 never trash talks films mm. that he's been in. A lot of actors will, you know, and and many other actors talking about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull would say. Yeah, it was garbage. That why they put aliens in it. Yeah, just did it for a paycheck. But it's like you very rarely, if ever, will hear Harrison Ford badmouth someone he's worked with or a film he's been in because he understands how many people mm. go, go into making a film and 
and he just and he has that that very kind of old school respect. Yeah, and it. you're right that he'll never badmouth a film. Maybe a little iffy on if he'll badmouth a person he's worked with because Richard <laughs> um, Shia LaBeouf after this movie came out recently disgraced Shia LaBeouf was quoted as saying, "I feel like I dropped the ball on the legacy that people loved and cherished. You get you get to monkey swinging and things like that, and you can blame it on the writer and you can blame it on Spielberg, um, but the actor's job is to make it come alive and make it work, and I couldn't do it, so that's my fault. Simple." Um, but then he went on to say that later doing um, talking about this um, destroyed his relationship with Spielberg um, and said that after he, he made you know these disparaging comments about Crystal Skull um, that he said uh, Spielberg told me that there's a time to be human and have an opinion and there's a time to sell cars um, and it brought me freedom but it also killed my spirits because this was the dude I looked up to like a sensei. Harrison Ford called Shia LaBeouf a quote fucking idiot uh and said um um i think i think he was a fucking idiot as an actor i think it's my obligation to support the film without making a complete ass of myself it's no surprise then sorry yeah sorry that's the end of the 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 way that this um this quote that i'm pulling was it Mm. then says no it's no surprise that after all this laboff was fired from the indiana jones franchise um but the the quotation marks are after the end of the sentence. I'm pretty sure Harrison Ford didn't say that last part. So <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that, um, that- well, but it's, it's like, yeah. yeah. So the thing about disparaging co-stars is that it's like, it's, it's only when someone breaks that sacred code. Yeah. Um, which Shia LaBeouf he- has done before. He did it with, um, Transformers 2. He shit talked as well. So, hmm. well, I mean, Transformers 2 is fucking garbage. But so is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> Um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull uh, is uh, phenomenal compared to Transformers 2. Um, all this being said, in an interview with uh, Empire Magazine in October 2011, Steven Spielberg admitted that he uh, never liked the MacGuffin of this movie, presumably referring to Aliens. He said it was George Lucas's idea and Spielberg only put it in the movie because of his friendship. He said in the interview, I am loyal to my best friend. When he writes a story he believes in, even if I don't believe in it, I'm going to shoot the movie anyway the way that George envisaged it. Which, respectfully, Mr. Spielberg, sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> like have you ever tried to make a make something that you're not passionate about like i don't know that seems like mm. it's um yeah not not the right way to go and and it's worth as well saying that harrison ford and spielberg apparently uh re- repeatedly what was the word you used re- re- repudiate repudiated george lucas's attempts to make an alien indiana jones movie mm. but i guess eventually he wore them down <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what Harrison Ford says is uh, his best role? What? Uh, it's a film called The Mosquito Coast. Okay. You ever heard of it? No. Yeah, neither. <laughs> Apparently. I thought you were about it. to say, and that movie was retitled to What Lies Beneath. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, apparently this is from, uh, his interview is from 1986, what? which is the year the Mosquito Coast came out. It's, <laughs> why would you fucking write this article in 2021? That's so, oh my God. <laughs> He's just doing it again. He's just selling the car. He's selling the car. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
So this is um, a couple of final useless statistics now that we've watched you know, and discussed all four films. Steven Spielberg is now our seventh equal most watched film franchise Fortnite's uh, director with these four films, uh, Jaws and the first two Jurassic Park films. He shares the seventh spot with uh, three other directors. Do you, know, do you have any idea who that might be? Uh, so how many films is it? Seven. Seven. Uh... Is this our best podcast tradition to make each other guess? Just guess Im- impossibly um, hard to is guess. Things. Robert Rodriguez. Would no, be he's he's currently winning, but well, second place uh, behind yeah. Robert Vince with I think ten films or nine. Yeah, uh, who else have we got? Um, Peter Jackson's only six. Correct. Uh, Michael Bay's five. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? is it spanning multiple franchises? Um. Two, two, one of them is the other two aren't one of them barely is though and you're going to kick yourself because it is a watch as I brutally mispronounce this Hideki, Hideki Anno how do you say that? Hideki Anno, Hideki Anno <laughs> who directed the uh, six uh, Evangelion movies you watched as well mm. as Shin Godzilla Conrad Helton who did a bunch of Barbies and Tyler Perry who did a bunch of Medea films of course um, this franchise also marks Harrison Ford's second, third, fourth, and fifth appearance on film franchise Fortnites. And do you know what he appeared in that we've seen for the show? No. Uh, the Expendables 3. Do you remember he was in that? Um, however with kingdom of the crystal skull we now have seven shia labeouf films under our belts after transformers one to three nymphomaniac one and two and dumb and dumber he's apparently in um (laughs) and kate blanchett uh rounds it out making her ninth appearance on film franchise Fortnites with the lord of the rings trilogy um plus she's in a hobbit isn't she she's in one of them is she in all three I, I, she might even, I'm not. I'm not going to repeat it. Claims that she's in all three. Um. Ah. Oh, so she's. You know. Sorry. She is in all three. And then she's also in Ocean's Eight and Thor Ragnarok. And then this. Um. So. Yeah. yeah. All. All six Lord of the Rings Hobbit movies. Yeah. So well done, Kate Blanchett. You're. You're. You're climbing the ladder. We love to see it. Dumb IMDb trivia. This one I found all by myself. No one wanted to look at the trivia section for. King of the Crystal Skull. Karen Allen was not aware her character was in the script until director Steven Spielberg called her in January 2007 saying, it's been announced, we're going to make Indiana Jones 4 and guess what? You're in it again. Karen greeted Spielberg about the same way that, that Marion greeted Indiana back in the bar in Tibet given their notoriously problematic relationship. She punched him? What is the What is this mean? <laughs> Uh, Steven Spielberg cast Russian actors in the roles of the Russian soldiers so that their accents would be authentic. Yep. Well, Kate Blanchett's not Russian. <laughs> um, and finally, the movie features the line, you've bought, you've just bought a knife to a gunfight. Sir Sean Connery, who played Sir, uh, Henry Jones Sr. in Indiana Jones' The Last Crusade, used a similar line in The Untouchables. So first of all, a similar, okay, he said in a different movie, but also the sorry the actor set from a different from a previous film set in a different movie. But also, you've just brought a gun to a knife fight is a saying. It's not from knife to a gunfight. Yeah. yeah. The, um, uh, and he yeah, used funny, a similar uh, line, so it's not even the same line. One thing as well that's um, that's worth mentioning that we that we didn't bring up. But I I remember <laughs> this film, watching the trailer and watching this film, but just being like, my God, Harrison Ford is decrepit <laughs> should not be barely standing mm. 
unwatchably old mm. in this film. And now I'm like, looks pretty fucking good. Looks pretty great. 60, looks, 65, looks great. I think. Great, great shape. I read a thing that his, um, he's kept in such great shape that yeah. um, the measurements for his clothes uh, didn't change between yeah, Last Crusade and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But like, yeah, he looks, and it's like, you know, having seen Harrison Ford age in the intervening 13 years. Um, yeah, no, he looks fucking fantastic in this film. But I, I remember specifically the um, making fun of at school the next day, being like, oh, what was it like? It's like, oh my God, he saw the bit where he's like, looks like you just brought a knife. To a gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> and I like I remember specifically quoting that line. Um and then in the film it's just it's very you lose bottom knife to a gunfight. <laughs> you do good you do a good Ford. I wasn't expecting you to oh, you. crack out such a good Ford. I love there's there's two real fucking good Harrison Ford impressions, both on Graham Norton actually. Um one is just they're talking about Anchorman two and they're like, What was it like working with Harrison Ford? And um <laughs> and <laughs> And Will Ferrell's just like, yeah, he just sort of comes in the room and is like, and it's almost an entirely visual impression, but he just like cocks one eyebrow and like kind of tilts his head down. And and it's just like, as soon as he's doing the face, it's an incredible impression. <laughs> and then he's just like, so where are we doing this thing? Like, and just the talking out. And he can't remember what he actually says, but um, just sort of mumbles. And they they keep trying to talk to like Paul Rudd who's next to him or something like that. But then they're like, no, no. And I think Paul is distracted by how good Will Ferrell's Harrison Ford impression is. And the other one is uh, with Mark Hamill and they're talking about how the reveal of spoilers for um, Return of the Jedi that, uh, no, for fucking... The Force Awakens. Eh. No, the, the second one, Empire Strikes Back. Uh-huh. Um, spoilers for Empire Strikes Back, the reveal that Darth Vader is Luke's father. you spoiler that, um, warning, Luke, I am your father? I am. Oh. It would have been funnier if I managed to remember the name of Empire Strikes Back quicker. Um, no, that- I disagree. I think it's much funnier that I didn't even think uh- for a second you were referring to maybe <laughs> the most well-publicized spoiler of all time. It's not maybe. It definitely. I guess it would be between that and Planet of the Apps being well, spoiler sense. Earth all along. Um, or we Sixth Sense. Yeah. Bruce Willis was Earth all along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, that that um, Harrison Ford and James Earl Jones and um, the and George Lucas were the only people that knew the twist because George Lucas told mm. him to be like, "This is how you react." And and Mark Hamill says, "Sat next to Harrison Ford at the premiere." And after that scene comes on, Harrison turns and goes, "Hey, kid, you didn't fucking tell me that." <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Very good. All right. We're going to move on now swiftly to our segments. The first of which is a new segment we're doing on our show, Richard, called Meeting of the Elders. And this is a new segment we're doing where if you uh, join our cult elder tier over at patreon.com slash you get given access to a secret channel on our Discord server uh, where you, the cult elders, can discuss the franchise of the Fortnite. And we'll, you know, then we'll we'll discuss some of your thoughts. Not all, because there are a lot, um, but we'll go through some of what people have said and, you know, 
respond back to it so first of all uh, my brother nick he said all i remember <laughs> about the crystal skull is that you and i went to see it together i think um at me and it was comparable a com- comparable experience to seeing the mummy tomb of the dragon empire emperor i believe we walked away very disappointed i responded to that and said actually you saw it without me and dangled the spoilers over me until i did see it <laughs> i remember si- i remember sitting on in the lounge on my laptop and for some reason you'll enjoy this i was playing far cry on my computer okay. the yeah. first one i remember distinctly playing far cry and working out that my brother was not telling us that there are aliens in the new All one right. um non-heinous dimitri says i saw raiders and crusade and then I, I saw raiders and crusade and then i saw kingdom by the time i saw temple of doom in my 20s i thought it was racist and cheesy and overall pure shit i'd rather watch crystal skull over temple of doom any day but i think last crusade will always be my fave i think this is a really interesting opinion that um i did i did briefly share this when when i saw this movie in 2008 i was like it's not as bad as temple of doom i think i've come to appreciate uh temple of doom a lot more whereas i haven't really come to appreciate that's interesting i've i've had the opposite that Mm. i you know in the in the few days between watching temple of the doom for the first time and re-watching um kingdom of the crystal skull i've come to dislike crystal skull less i don't like it I, i i still i think i only gave it two stars um but I don't have as much of a blind hatred for it. I think it's one of those things where it's like you watch a movie that surprises you with how bad it is mm. and then re-watching it. I had this with Interstellar as well, that re-watching it, it's like, oh, there was stuff in this that I liked that I've, it, I was just, you know, you don't remember the stuff you liked when, there's some, when, some, when you're surprised by the stuff you hate. Mm. And so when you know the stuff you hate is coming, you can enjoy the stuff you enjoyed. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Pre from Michigan, aka Genome, says, I genuinely don't think Crystal Skull is as bad as it's made out to be. It's been a long while since I've seen it or Temple, but while it was a big step down from Raiders and Crusade, it didn't it didn't seem to be much worse than Temple. I'd al- I'll also defend the fridge scene as not being all that much worse from the submarine dive and Raiders or the raft plane jump, jump and sled from crusade i believe that's actually from temple of doom and um, that said the monkey vine swing is utterly indefensible yeah aliens aliens fit the theme the movie movies were always representative and paid homage to the pulp fiction of the time period and the 50s era was when roswell and aliens came into the vogue and i i feel like ancient aliens and aztecish theme very much fit that archaeological adventure uh, tropes as much as the holy relic religious stuff for the european based ones also i feel like i'm doing a lot of the legwork for the movie i was pretty mere on um and he also so so i think we've already sort of discussed a lot of what he said but mm. i do agree that that i think i think it's good actually that you make a movie set in the 50s and set it against the backdrop of government yeah. paranoia and roswell it maybe doesn't need to be about aliens but i like that that exists it's like a really good that example about, of this yeah, the, the, is, the, the idea of tapping into the paranoia is a really yeah good yeah idea. and a, a really good example of something doing the same thing but much better is um fargo season two um which you know mm. it's it's only a spoiler if you haven't seen the first episode because it introduces a ufo element into that season yeah um which i think is one of the best things about the season and is very representative of the 1970s yeah. reagan-esque um time that it's set in yeah but i, I would i think i would like to see something that's not so obliquely actually just alien interdimensional beings mm. sorry yeah they gave you what you wanted. <laughs> 
yeah yeah but like i i think i would have liked to have seen that you know maybe it is just something that's unexplainable mm. and yeah maybe it's like just yeah, they're beings of pure energy or we mm. yeah I, I like i think just the fact that you actually see an alien stare Kate blanchard in the eye yeah z <laughs> until her eyes burst into flame and then a ufo take off it's like okay yeah this is just the like it's not it's not clever i remember feeling like i'd been punched in the gut when i saw that ufo like in the cinema i remember being like wow this is indefensible like this is yeah you know yeah like i think it's just the fact that it's not clever i expected them to work things in mm. a lot more cleverly yeah um finally uh and the temple of dan brought up a lot of the racism uh brought on by the short stereotype of short round and temple of doom um in pre from michigan genome said i'd love if they brought back short round to take over for indy moving forward now that harrison ford is ancient it would give them an opportunity to try and make up for the racism in temple of doom and we'll give an asian actor a shot at leading their own action franchise that isn't martial arts based have him go by his real name or have him pick up a new alias also i feel like he'd be more a more compelling character than indy's kid or ever milk toast successor they're probably planning on and i think this is uh this is an idea you see a lot that short round should make a comeback that um you know should be should have been the should be the companion in the new movie i think that ship's probably sailed i think i think the the franchise and by that i mean like the the rights holders the ip owners of indiana jones probably don't want to remind people of their pretty um racist depiction of a mm. of a chinese kid so i i don't think we'll see short round come back but but i you know why not fun fun callback maybe why not because of racism major <laughs> yeah i guess i answered my own question richard <laughs> we talk about titles a lot on the sorry that was meeting of the elders a meeting adjourned should i should we say that at the end yeah. meeting adjourned we'll get, we'll get a little meeting adjourned uh theme song a gavel oh um, meeting adjourned <laughs> and uh, if you want to join in on that uh check out our patreon patreon.com slash cult join the cult elders tier and we might read out some of your thoughts and respond to them but yeah we talk about titles a lot on this podcast richard because i am obsessed with titles i made a tiktok about it this week i do not understand why I'm the only one that seems to care. This should be branding and marketing 101 to make your titles consistent in a franchise. Um, and while IMDb and Amazon Prime and a few other places include Indiana Jones and The in the, um, in the title of Raiders of the Lost Ark, from what I can see, officially it is just called Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's the that's yeah. the official title, and I think this is fucking stupid. Just call it Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Why do people fight this? You see the same kind of purist fascination with uh, maintaining these imperfections in franchises with Star Wars, like you mentioned before. Just calling it like there, there is a there is a a quiet group of resistance fighters who quietly just refer to it as Star Wars. Oh, Star well, Wars, I, I, 1977. They don't want to call I it I think a it's an hope. important distinction with Star Wars as well that there are actually different versions of the film based on what it was titled when you right. watched it. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. But even then, people, you know, if you type in Star Wars into Letterboxd, it's only going to say Star Wars, 1977. It's not going to give you a new hope as, as a version. And I just think Doesn't that... It? It, well, I, I couldn't. I think... I, was it? Letterbox, maybe it was something else I discovered that with. Um, same with Raiders of the Lost Ark. And look, 
I just think this is insane. I don't understand why people don't want neat categorizations of their of their favorite franchises and i feel like nothing looks more aesthetically pleasing than all of your dvds from a series having the same header in your bookshelf when you know because everyone buys dvds um well okay okay so what i think using star wars and raiders of the lost ark as an example is like if you retitle these and you release a dvd collection that says star wars episode 4 a new hope indiana Mm -hmm. jones and the raiders of the lost ark like are you having an issue with the fact that like the Wikipedia page will still just say that, and then so. it will have in in parentheses after the after the it title be like later renamed? It doesn't blah, blah, say blah. that. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I just need maybe I need to edit a Wikipedia page. Maybe that's the answer to to my problem here. Yeah, I just think that. And and furthermore, I didn't even understand why it wasn't called Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark in the first place because you've named a character Indiana Jones. Why is you? Why would you give a character such a crazy name if you weren't yeah. going to call the movie after that character? And look, I'm I'm making a mountain out of a molehill, probably because you know you can buy DVDs that call it Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. I just I'm it's less that I that that's not possible, and more I'm annoyed at this purest sentiment against this idea because I think. It, it just it looks better and i think we need to normalize changing the titles of things to make them consistent with their sequels i think it's a fine in fact star wars on disney plus have done this if you go on disney plus mm. all the star wars movies are titled as star wars colon name of film and i think that's better and you know what i even think a new hope is a pretty cool title for star the, the first star wars movie you know and i don't i also don't like the idea of having it be like episode four but you watch that first like that's still episode one if you watch it first. Anyway, these are just my thinkings. What are your thinkings on my thinkings? Um, I I get where you're coming from. I think it is. It, it's. I mean, it's an interesting thing in film history that the first Indiana Jones film was just called Raise the Lost Ark, and seeing the iconic Indiana Jones mm. logo and font just saying the word Raiders because yeah. I, I, and it, it's super fascinating that they kept that as the typeface yeah but changed what it says yeah like the that iconic text inside it yeah yeah it's it, like and yeah i mean you can you can fucking release all the indiana jones and the raiders of the lost ark dvds you want mm. i think this is such a fascinating uh you know like it's, mm. it's we've got to learn from history but we're going to get into we're going to get into a minute in a minute we're going to get into all the other things that you can consume that are indiana jones all the other pieces of media and 100 percent of them are you know have indiana jones in the title and 95 percent of them follow the formula of indiana jones and the i don't understand why you would have such a protective stronghold of your branding and then not officially retitle the first one if you wanted people to stay you know attached to the various things i don't know um not exactly the same thing we did mention this before but i also find it annoying that temple of doom is the only film in the series which features the giant franchise logo as its title card um and i think there's two ways of of thinking about this because when you just see indiana jones and the last crusade written down it looks really un kind of 
you know, it could be, it feels like it sh- we should be seeing something much broader and much happier, much, you know, more epic for such a crazy title for a film. Um, but then, yeah, the only one, or, or a Temple of Doom should just be the same, but I don't know, I'm starting to lose my mind. But mm, what- You've what, lost me as well. What this led me to realize, Richard, is I think the problem is, is that this series needs some kind of uniform opening titles somewhere in between what we get with Star Wars and what we get with James Bond. Not as, not as like, put all your- work into it as james bond but not as simple as star wars you know the way they open their films because the titles don't really work as opening titles and i think if you're going to use the logo that also looks pretty gaudy you should just lean into it and do full opening sequences which brings us to continue the franchise richard (laughs) where we're gonna pitch continuations remixes or sequels to indiana jones and we're gonna start with my continue the franchise um which is to recut the films and add title sequences to all of them which I know again purists are going to turn off I'm such a new age film buff because I'm like we should re-edit classic films Um, Mm. and I have some ideas and I thought we could go over my ideas then we'll discuss the actual sequels and continuations and then end on your idea does that sound cool? All right, push out my idea as far as it can pushing the boat out what does that Mm. term mean? what's that usually referring to? Uh, is it like pushing the like moving the goalposts kind of thing? Yeah, what? What is pushing the boat out? Leave a comment. Uh, it's uh, to be lavish in one's spending or celebrations. Oh, okay. Oh, but like it, we pulled out all the stops. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but yeah. it's also but it's weird because like pushing the boat out is like it's just tough work. Yeah, it's a right. lot of mahi. Right. Um, there are fireworks going off outside, so I apologize if you can hear them. So, for Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, obviously the uh, title sequence would come in after Indy escapes on that little plane with the snake, and he's like, I hate snakes. Um, I reckon from there we transition to the famous plane dotting across the map visual language that we see in the series, um, and use the full title and the full logo it can sw- you know, swoop in. Um, and because this is the first film, I'm thinking we, you know, we establish what the normal is, and it's pretty simple and in between the plane and the map flying from peru to america we maybe see some dynamic concept art images from scenes to come in the movie Mm. um along with the opening credits aesthetically i'm just thinking like light brown coffee stain kind of map sort of what the series and promotional tie-in color palette is anyway uh, for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, the opening sequence will kick, kick off when Indy, Willie, and Short Round escape on the plane, who they're led into by Dan Aykroyd, by the way, who has a cameo in the film. Um, and we'd once again cut to this map visualization interspersed with concept art, but this time aesthetically things would be much darker and grimier, and the map color palette would quickly like maybe melt or burn away and be replaced with sort of volcanic black rock and mountain snow white and fire red, and it would look more less like scroll on a map and more like carvings and, and rock slabs you know and that's our mm. that's the aesthetic is sort of volcanic rock slab um for indiana jones and the last crusade um this scene would happen at the obvious point not right after indiana jones vanishes uh, well young indy vanishes and we cut to 1936 indy but it's when he's traveling back to the university visually i think this would resemble the first film more but instead of just map like visuals we would also have a merging of the scrawlings of daddy jones's diary not my diary sean connery's diary um along with uh nazi propaganda you know fading in and out um, ending with um, the note page visual language which comprises the sequence that they'll be burnt up in a fire as if they were a book being thrown into a book burning 
you know. Nice. Uh, for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, this might be a little too late in the movie, but the most obvious place to put an opening sequence here would be after the nuke the fridge moment when he's looking at the um, the mushroom cloud, mm. cutting from Indy watching the mushroom cloud and being dragged away and questioned by the FBI. Aesthetically, I'm thinking less of a map and more like a classified FBI document, similar to what we see at the start of Godzilla 2014, but a yeah. bit more a bit more chipper. But And I think that'd be a cool way to be like, it's a more futuristic sci-fi-esque mm. indiana jones movies and that's my continue the franchise for indiana jones love it i've this is not the first time this year that my continue the franchise has been me fixing something inconsistent i don't like about the franchise so <laughs> um I, I was so who would you get to sing the theme songs i think it would just be but maybe we do we invoke different um stylistic renditions of it each time you know like maybe temple of doom is becomes a lot scarier and a lot darker or or and maybe mm. the king of the crystal skull one sounds like x files like yeah. <laughs> you know like, yeah yeah like a sci-fi version of it um yeah so in terms of actual sequels and prequels to this franchise boy is Seekies there a lot prequies. of ground to cover here across tv we should call continue the franchise seekies and prequies we will from now on um <laughs> So it goes all across TV, literature, video games, and cinema. Most notably would be the currently untitled Indiana Jones 5, which is in production now for a, set for a release in 2023, 15 years after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is soberingly not that much shorter than the 19-year gap between Last Crusade and Crystal <laughs> yeah. Skull. So, And um, if it was the 19-year gap, Indiana Jones in the film could go see Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> there you go. Um, the film, what we know of it so far is it boasts a supporting cast of pretty interesting actors, including uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Mads Mikkelsen, Thomas Kretschmann, Boyd Holbrook, Seanette Renee Wilson, Toby Jones, and Antonio Banderas. But most notably, we'll see a nearly 80-year-old Harrison Ford mm. reprise his role as Indiana Jones, uh, while Steven Spielberg will not be directing, as was originally mm. planned. Uh, James Mangold, who did Logan, among other things, uh, is taking the reins instead. And boy, are my feelings on this complicated, because if, yeah. Ford, if Ford wasn't so old, if they made this in the 90s, I'd be more inclined to be okay with a new director. But as it stands, and I'm sure this is the minority opinion, I think I'd rather see Spielberg return than Harrison Ford. If I, if I was forced to make the decision between one or the other. I think I'd rather see the world continue under the direction of Steven right, Spielberg than it'd be taken by someone else for what will, you know, in a lot of ways be the last movie in the series, I'm sure. You know, it's weird to do mm. the first four by one guy and the last one after all these years by another guy. Yeah, I mean, it is... James Mangold's got a pretty fucking good filmography and it is, like... <laughs> it, it, it's interesting because... Logan was such a success that it's like, and, and every fucking character there's a clamoring for a Logan style send off. It's like mm -hmm. Lo a, a Logan is like almost a generic a genre unto itself. Yeah, um, for like this this slow Western R rated, like really get to like what the character is all about. Definitely something Indiana Jones needs at the age of eight. Well, but but that, that's the thing is that like you you go yeah Spielberg's not returning. Um, to this yeah, this big farewell to like an aging character but james mangold's doing it and you're like fuck that's probably one of the best 
names you could have thrown into the ring. Um, you know, like a really grounded, uh, yeah. slow, so gritty. Um, I don't Indiana know. Jones film. Now, now, those what, are what I want from Indiana Jones. to be about? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. So, plot-wise, there have been some pretty substantial leaks. Uh, and if people want to skip ahead a minute to avoid spoilers, I'll give you ten seconds. It'll be more than a minute. <laughs> Hello, this is editing AJ here. Just to let you know that if you would like to avoid listening to the spoilers, then skip ahead to two hours, thirty minutes, and nineteen seconds, and that is when we'll have finished discussing. The spoilers. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Uh, it sounds like this movie is going to be about time travel, which is hilarious because that feels like a plot mechanic from the same toy box as Aliens. And I can't it, imagine. It's insane. I can't what imagine a, people will react any better to this than they did to Crystal Skull. Decision. Like, at, to get James Mangold to come in and do time travel, like the pulpiest, most insane mm. thing. I, I, again, Richard, like if, if Richard you about- ask me to direct the last Indiana Jones movie, I'm making it. He goes to get a thing. He goes to like, I'm making it yeah. so fucking traditional as to land mm. the ship after Crystal Skull being about aliens, you know? Yeah, like, because uh, uh, there's the, 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 some of the leaks are that there's, like, Roman guards and shit like that. And it's like, I, I, even if you say we're doing time travel, I can understand that you want it to get them back against Nazis. You could have said it now, they're back. But, like, the, the Roman <laughs> guards, the it's like, yeah. <laughs> That'll be, that's a scene. He goes to 2021 and meets a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, it's I. I cannot understand how I can't fathom this film being good. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, I will say though that um, friend of the podcast, we do have a friend of the podcast, um, working on this film, who um, I, I feel like it's it's fine to say a name, but um, uh, Nadesh Sim, who um, shout pop out culture to, vulture to her pop culture vulture herself, uh, who we had on for Cats and Dogs and Three Hundred, mm. um, has is now. Not just uh, vulturing the films, but is now having a hand in making them. So, uh, congratulations <laughs> to her. One of her, you know, her first um, first industry role um, just was was a knight sitting next to Harrison Ford. <laughs> wow! Uh, very cool. Yeah, we should interview her. Be like, yeah. what, what's it like? Um, just completely surpassing us in terms of. Um, pop cultural success. Well, that's what happens when you live in London. They just fucking film movies every every mm. everybody every which way but loose. Fun fact also that Indiana Jones is our sixth franchise uh, to star Antonio Banderas, uh, mm. but not in the first film. <laughs> so spoilers are over. Um, I'll maybe I guess I'll put a time code in the. I mean, it's too late now, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> um, outside of this upcoming sequel, we have the apparently canon edutainment TV series, uh, The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which aired 28 episodes and four TV movies between 1992 and 1996 and followed the globetrotting adventures of an 8 to 10-year-old Indy in the first five episodes and then a 16 to 21-year-old Indy in the remaining 
remaining 22 episodes, most of which were bookended by the narration of a 93-year-old indie sporting an eye patch. And this is apparently canon. Um, except for in Season 2, Episode 5, called Young Indiana Jones and the Mystery of the Blues, which guest-starred Harrison Ford as a 50-year-old indie who bookended and narrated the episode, which I think is really fucking cool. Uh, mm, that there is this, There is this small piece of, like, Harrison Ford on screen as Indiana Jones out there that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, the series primarily stars Pat, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery and Corey Carrier as Indy, with George Hall playing an elderly, elderly version of Jones for the bookends. But guest stars across various episodes. Uh, we also get Daniel Craig, Catherine Zeta Jones, Christopher Lee, Clark Gregg, Elizabeth Hurley, Timothy Spall, Jeffrey Knight, Keith David, among other notable names in various episodes. With episodes of the series written and directed by the likes of Frank Darabont, Mike Newell, Joe Johnston, and Carrie Fisher, with George Lucas being the creator of the show and serving a substantial mm. creative role in the series. Nicholas Rogue also directed an episode um, oh, yeah. worth mentioning. Who's he? Uh, he directed uh, Performance, uh, Don't Look Now, Man Who Fell to Earth. Um, very like uh, weird kind of 70s, almost body horror films. And then mm. he made The Witches. Right. So there is almost um, just as much to say about this TV show as there is about the movies. Yeah, sounds um, like it. So I'll leave it here in saying that the events of the TV show are referenced in Crystal Skull when uh, Indy references riding with Pancho Villa um, as something that happened in the TV show, apparently. I thought maybe we could do the Harrison Ford episode for a future episode of Film Franchise mm, Follow-Ups yeah. on the podcast, on the Patreon. Um, and I'd also like to remember uh, to mention a few of the Tomb Raider-esque video games which came out over the years, um, if only because I like their titles more than half of the movie titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, these include Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb, Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings, and of course, Indiana Jones and his Death desktop adventures which i know is probably because it's on a desktop computer but i like to think it's just him at his desk like playing like spinning a spinning top or something like that mm. what's your continue the franchise um also, uh, interestingly i've just seen um the 50 year old harrison for uh, the 50 year old indiana jones uh has a beard mm. fun fact yep and very, it exists very handsome like less than 10 years before crystal skull and canon <laughs> yeah 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 so my one is called and you're gonna hate this title indy the search for indiana jones <laughs> <laughs> i almost Ind- fucked it up myself indiana jones and the search for indiana jones no it's just called the search for indiana jones but yeah so you would have i, I like the idea of indiana jones himself being the MacGuffin of the film mm-hmm. hearkening back to uh my first ever continue the franchise lethal weapon reloaded which would uh, feature um uh, rigs missing uh and, and the ah. whole thing would be about a search for rigs and as for the, the the sort of main character of the film i think it would be i mean you're essentially you know you're flipping the dynamic of last crusade that mm-hmm. you know and, and then obviously indy would be there for the end of it but i, I mean I, I was throwing out around ideas that he could end up being found in a role like the um the guy guarding the holy grail that it's like he's been there for like 400 fucking years right and you know one of these things where he's he's, he's found something that's cursed him with eternal life again similar to my continue the franchise for parts of the caribbean but 
Uh, yeah, it could either be short round, which you know you would either have um, uh, Stephen Yun, Henry mm-hmm. Golding, mm-hmm. take your pick um, of the couple of uh, Asian actors that um, that Hollywood has the phone number of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I thought we could play a fun game. Um, because I wouldn't bring back Shia LaBeouf, but the character of Henry Jones Jr., Henry Jones the Third, could be played by another thirty-five-year-old actor. So our options: Drake Bell. Oh God. <laughs> um, the the number one on famousbirthdays.com. Um, Robert Pattinson. Hell yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Um, Richard Madden. Second time he's come up on a podcast mm. in a week frankie Muniz. no <laughs> no thank you <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. justin burfield oh yeah <laughs> no. he he's he's due for a resurgence isn't he <laughs> no, he's, go- he's going to fade away and never be seen or heard from yeah again. uh jai courtney no he would get it he would be cast wouldn't he, he would he would get it yeah you're right he absolutely would yeah yeah he, he the thing is Oh, Wyatt Russell? Fuck yeah. Yeah, he should have played him to begin with. Yeah, Wyatt <laughs> Russell. There, we found him. We always find the perfect one. That's the thing, we always do. <laughs> Wyatt Russell, the rich man's Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> um, sounds good, man. I like it. I, I even, I'll even I'll sanction the title just for you, just for this one time. Or what would you call it? Indiana Jones and the search for Indiana Jones. <laughs> Indiana Jones has gone missing. Okay, so now we're going to move on to our favourite segment of the show, Richard, uh, which is called Ranked at Franchise, a segment we love. We're over on our Letterboxd account, letterboxd.com slash Popsha. We have a list where we have ranked all 100 and now 142 franchises from best to worst, and it's now time to rank Raiders of the Lost Ark and not India because we rank it by the first movie. And the name of the franchise is not in the first movie. Anyway, okay. Where, where are we ranking this? Because I'm thinking pretty fucking high. Above the high. Muppets, below the MCU. It's <laughs> very quick draw. What? Okay, convince me below the MCU. I, be, I agree not above Scream, but I'm more inclined to put it above the MCU pound so for pound. So chuck it there. <laughs> you're no fun anymore <laughs> um i like i just i think that this is such a good series and for it to have the third one be what we think is the best one i think is pretty significant um and you know if you look at the ron tomato scores uh they're all pretty high and it's funny we have a we have a denotation on our ranking called a gold star gold star franchise which we give to certain franchises in which uh we in which it is generally agreed that there is no worst one um in the franchise and while the ron tomato score uh support the idea of indiana jones being a gold star franchise this is a rare case where i'm looking at ron tomatoes and i'm going i'm sorry there is a universally agreed upon worst mm. one in the franchise so i don't think we can give it the gold star but we can place it at nine the ninth best franchise I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Have you ever watched? Mm. Hot damn. That feels, that feels big. That feels like it, it deserves to be there. Um, yeah, do so I- that's um, uh, three franchises we've added to the top 10 this year. Oh, very nice. So far. Who knows? Because mm. uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes is number two. <laughs> um, and uh, what was the other one? Rocky is number three. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Jumanji just at number 11, um, now number 12, actually. Yeah. Um, been edged out. Mm. <laughs> it's still, and but Death we still, Note at number 16. we still yeah, added what, what it to the top head. 10 this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumanji <laughs> just got pushed out. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, now that brings us to Franchise Roulette, Richard. We haven't done this in a long time. Mm. So this is the part of the show where we're going to decide. Well, not we're not going to decide. We're going to find out what the next we're franchise going we're going to, decide. to cover in two weeks' time for the next episode of Film Franchise Four Nights. We've done this by we have a big list of all the franchises we could think of at one point. Um, and we're gonna pull out a random number generator, pull a random number, and then Richard is going to make me guess what that franchise is. Damn right I am. Um I will say mm. and I I'm I'm comfortable saying this on pod. Okay. Um I I am we did this for fun vember. I'm going to leave two film franchises in the in the in the mix for okay. this. But that is because in the interest of of content for the fans um and it, just to to potentially make things easier on us be, because it is the most wonderful time of the year. Mm. Netflixmas is upon us. Yeah. And as always there's a lot of films to watch. Um mm. we have done away with this year we've done away with off week we call them non-film franchise fortnights week uh podcasts where we have to watch movies and stuff because i don't have as much free time as i used to but um netflix miss is so important to us here at the cop option podcast that we are going to be doing it um but one of <laughs> we, we either not do netflix miss or we um, have to sort of allow ourselves to maybe have an easier time watching mm-hmm. films. I'm not saying we're definitely going to have one. It's just they're going to be in the mix and maybe don't be surprised if we're not watching that many films for next week. For Two next film week. franchises back on the list being like, well, 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 you must be truly desperate to come to me for help. And thank you for doing that because I dropped my phone quite a while ago. Um <laughs> And oh, I've got an email about my tenancy. Anything <sighs> What's good? What's this? Uh, well, let's find out. Uh, oh no, it's um yeah, the details of my flat inspection on Thursday. What did they say? Um, we carried out a property inspection. Thanks for keeping it tidy. Uh, we're happy. Thanks for taking care of it. Sweet. Ideal. Next inspection scheduled for February twenty twenty two, but our tenancy ends in the January. So, um. I had to email my flat inspector at my old flat and tell them I have depression and that's why my room is so messy all the time. I don't have depression. I'm just a messy person and don't think it's a flat inspector's place to tell me that I need to clean up my room. Uh, yeah, I, I've always... Um, yeah, flat inspections are always a, a, a touchy thing. Like um, my my ex would 
flat inspections were like a it has to look like no one lives here kind of thing and i'm like it's fine to have things out and about it should just be generally tidy Mm -hmm. like you know you should tidy up your room or whatever and if nothing else so that they can because they want to see the whole floor shit like that you know but it's like it's not an open home no it's it's just you're you're allowed to live here indiana jones and the flat inspection (laughs) the scariest um too scary for children of all uh all right so he's actually uh, created the the r14 rating pg14 <laughs> uh the the franchise 11 franchise number 11 but before you get to that richard i do just want to tell people that if you've enjoyed our podcast if this is your first time flying with cold popsha then uh please uh get on all our social medias i would say mainly follow us on twitter and instagram we're at cold popsha over there you can also join the discord which there'll be a, a link to in the show notes come and say hi tell us what you think is the best indiana jones movie um and you can also support us on patreon patreon.com slash cold popsha and subscribe to our various youtube YouTube channels, etc. Richard, is eleven maybe the uh, the the lowest number we've ever drawn in franchise roulette? Yeah, not if you're including our uh, our, our short-lived um, <laughs> YouTube um, uh, Patreon show um, where we seemingly got single-digit numbers all oh, right, time. Of course. Um, what I was mean, that from called? from Cult the franchise from, from franchise, franchise last year. It might it might be. Uh, I was going to say up there, but down there. All right, so number 11 is a trilogy. Oh. Any guesses? Lord of the Rings. No. Actually, I'm just going to quickly fact check the trilogy. I I'm, I know it is a trilogy, but here's a clue. There is something more coming soon. Toy Story. Wait. No, that's not true. No. Um, it's, uh, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a new uh, film coming next year. Oh, what genre is it? Uh, uh, family. <laughs> is it um, cheaper by the dozen? <laughs> no, that's number one on the franchise. I knew that was number one, but there is a new one coming out. Is it a yeah. similar thing to that? Is it like a Disney? It, it, it is. It, it is a Disney Plus exclusive. The new. Oh movie. man, is it? Th- no, it's not Three Men and a Baby. It's not. Um, is it Honey? I Shrunk the Kids. No. There's a lot of fucking new Disney Plus um, fourth <laughs> films coming. Hey. Is it uh, Night at the Museum? It is Night at the Museum. It's Night at the Museum. The next one's animated. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Uh, cool. Let's fucking rock Night at the Museum trilogy yeah, next, next, next fortnight. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you for sticking around for our very long episode on Indiana Jones, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, da, 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 ba, ba, da. And uh, stay tuned for the post credit scene that we're going to be doing after this music stops. Um, and we'll see you next week for Netflixmas uh, because the sleigh bells are a ringing in my ears. <laughs> Yeah, and also if you are a patron or of our Patreon, or you want to become one and, and suggest uh, for our last episode of Film Franchise Four Nights for the year, mm. um, because yeah, after we've only got two franchises left this year, um, Night at the Museum, which just does any of Night at the Museum take place around Christmas? <laughs> it feels know. like it would. I feel right? like I've, there's snow in the first one. Like, yeah. it's at least set in during winter. Okay, I'm going Night at Museum, Control F, Christ. <gasps> no, Christopher Columbus. <laughs> Again! <laughs> Second time he's come up on this episode. Um, oh, it came out 
It came out on December twenty second. Okay, so we'll take that it. counts. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, um, we we didn't uh, limit ourselves to a franchise, a Christmas franchise roulette, um, but uh, because there aren't that many Christmassy franchises left. However, um, yeah, the the Patreon poll, which we will be posting uh, in the day or two after this episode comes out, um, yeah, we're we're encouraging. Christmassy franchises. Um, I, I'm thinking of opening it up to wintery franchises. As yeah, well. wintery franchises or any <laughs> any kind of um, franchises that evoke that kind of spirit. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, similar to like Ice Age would count. Yeah. Um, cold yeah. franchises. The cold Shining. franchise Fortnite's. The Shining and Doctor Sleep. Yeah, go go fucking wild. Um, but yeah, so the yeah two two franchises left this year. Fun fact. Um, nice. And yeah, Netflix must is underway. Don't Alrighty. See you later, everybody. And yeah, I guess bye as well. Thanks for listening. <laughs> did you say where to find everything? You did. Yeah, yeah. I did. Oh, cool. We're going to the post credit scene now. Have you got oh, it pulled up? Probably while I was reading my um, tendency. Um, it was. <laughs> Welcome to the post credit scene, everybody. <laughs> where uh, for if, uh, if you join our cult member tier for five dollars or more um you get to give us something to talk about and this the post credit scene richard who's it from and what is it well i can tell you both of those things um if the page doesn't fucking refresh every time i scroll down here we go um joe rundle this is the 96th post credit scene oh. joe rundle uh from patreon i was gonna do you like it? Where are you from? But um, I don't know. So, uh, Joe Randall, is there something you want to see adapted into a franchise? Mm. N- no, to answer your question. <laughs> um, are there any Disney rides left or anything like that that could be kind of interesting? Yeah, I don't know. Like, like, does this question cover... Like, like I guess I guess it counts as film, for films that don't have sequels, right? Hmm. And that it's like, what would you want to see? Oh, is that is that what they're asking? I thought they meant just something that isn't a franchise being turned into. Yeah, well, a I think I think it's um, open for interpretation. Mm. Okay, well, let's. I'm going to look up movies without sequels. We've had this mm. question before, I yeah. think, and I said, "Who framed Roger Rabbit?" But, yeah, the like, framed Roger Rabbit, I think, is a fantastic answer. Oh, thank um, you so much. So, you want to see turned into a franchise? Yeah, I, like, I t- like I'll be honest. If we're talking outside of films that don't have sequels, which Robert Roger Rabbit's a, a great answer to, and, and District Nine's the other obvious one, is like, I'm not really a fan of like, like I'm, I can't think of anything else that I'm a fan of. Um, that's like not a film, you know, that like something mm. that I would be that inv- like a world that I would be that invested in that doesn't come from film like there's no the seven deadly sins cinematic universe the seven deadly cinematic universe yeah like there's no books or games or anything like that that i am overly invested in Mm. um, that i can think of yeah i went on an insider um insider.com uh list of popular movies that never had a sequel and the only one i saw before the um please turn off your ad blocker pop-up mm. came making it unusable uh was bridesmaids so i'm going to say bridesmaids should be a franchise mm-hmm. <laughs> i think they should make the matrix into a franchise it's a shame they never made new sequels <laughs> oh richard you are devilish <laughs> <laughs> And I'm wearing Prada. 